Get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. Go to sleepymonkeytrainingacademy.com to turn your pain into power. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the Addex crew with me out of Florida. Starting from your left, uh, say your name and throw your favorite gang sign in the air. <laughs> Which way is left? That way or this way? Our this, left? This way. <laughs> You go first. Yeah, All right. Um, my name is John. I don't know any gang signs, so I'll give a solid thumbs up. That's, <laughs> okay. <pretty awesome. laughs> That's a gang sign somewhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you just pissed somebody off, John. <laughs> so I got to introduce myself? Yes. Yes, sir, you Don, do. I'm we Donnie don't know who from, you are. I'm Donnie from Addicts Clubs. And what's your gang sign? Oh, yo. Okay. And who's this uh, strapping young lad next I'm, to you? Uh, I'm Sebastian from Addix, and I don't really have a gang sign yet, but I, I'll throw up uh, – what's Detroit's? Throw up like a D? I don't even know. I feel like there's probably more than one. There probably there. is more well, <laughs> Detroit. Yeah. You don't mind if we eat today, right? No, you guys got to have lunch. So, I mean, what what's going on here is – it's Friday. It's St. Patrick's Day. That means absolutely nothing to the Addicts crew who are diligently working at Addicts headquarters. But what happened was Don called me up and said, hey, do you have time to do a podcast? Because we had a, a little problem with your a, a delivery or something. You don't you basically you don't have any product to put in boxes. So you're sitting dead in the water. And the first uh, structured business move that you could think of, Don, was to contact the Steel Mace Nation podcast and get this out on air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All yeah. Right. It was like, seriously, was John in that, on that frame? Or was yeah. he coming in good? I don't want John to be, like, craning over. I can see him. You can see him? All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure everybody is, is good. Yeah, that was the – Fred, you summed it up perfectly. It was, it was like, what am I going to do, send these guys home? You know, like, they got to make a week, so – you know, we, I've got it. I found other things for them to do, but we do have time to, you know, you do a podcast so that, you know, we can talk about all things Mason clubs. We did make a YouTube video before, though. Oh, you guys have been doing good videos lately. Thank you. We did Thank two. You. We did two this morning. Yeah, you do. Uh, I like I like the ones near your pool there, Don. Those are great, especially for us guys up here in the north where we're buried in snow. And I see you in your shorts, uh, nice pool there, swinging a mace, thinking, that's what I'd like to be doing right now. I wish I could be in that guy's shoes or sandals. <laughs> barefoot. No shoes. Just barefoot. What well, is this? Florida March, dirty foot. March 17th. I, I'm like, I think I trained pretty much since the beginning of the year barefoot. 
I don't think I had sneakers on all year outside in the, unless I was doing a video. You know, which, by the way, listen, if you're training with a mace or a club, wear your shoes, please. Please wear your shoes. Because when you do drop them on your foot, you know, you could lose a pinky toe. It happens. Yeah. I've heard well, I, stories. I do train barefoot in my home gym. I don't do that at the gym. Uh, I even think they have rules at the gym, like for like what you just said. They don't want people walking around in bare feet and getting their toes chopped off. But when I'm grabbing all my addicts weights and I'm going for the big weight and I'm loading it up and that's all sitting up there, kind of you got to balance everything. I'm like, oh, man, I got to watch my toes because one little spill and those one of those five pound weights come down on that on the corner. Right. It could really smarts. Yeah. Oh, now how many times I've done that? The easiest way to put our weights together is put the thread set on the floor, stack. It takes a second longer. You know, it only takes 30 seconds to change the weight. I've actually heard people say it takes too long to change the weights between. Let's say, what are you doing? What are you training for the Olympics? Yeah, you You got to rest. Yeah, you can rest for 30 seconds, you know? Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to do anything, but it's like some people are like, oh, it takes too long to change the weight. The most empty club to full stack of weights takes 30 seconds. Yeah. Timed it like I don't know how many times. So what are they saying? They'd rather go run over, put that weight, put that club down, and then go grab the bigger one and and, and then quickly run back into position. Like it's that urgent. It has to happen that quickly. Like they're, it's like the Revolutionary War and and you got to like reload your musket before they fire back. Musket. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, that's what that's what I, I'm starting to feel like. You know, like they're like, oh, it takes too long to change the weights. I'm like, what? What's a rest set? You know, like I, I've been training my whole life. Yeah. Somewhere between thirty seconds and like three minutes between your next set. You know, it depends upon how heavy you're training, right? Yeah. Or if you're doing cardio or endurance. So like it's, you know, just that. But the the safest way to change the weights on the Adex Club is crack it open, you know, pop it on the ground, crack it open, get it slightly unscrewed, put it on the floor, and and unspin the handle. Right. Spin. Spin the handle, you know, to loosen it and take it off that way. And then rearrange your weights on the thread set, or as Mark Wildman calls it, the spindle, you know, on the on the on the thread set itself, and then just put it down, line up your weights when it's almost closed, you know, and you can pick it all up together. And then click it in and lock it like that. Right. That's that's the safest way to do it. This way, you don't break the floor. You don't break, you know, the anything in the house. You don't break your feet. Yeah, I lost a mace the other day. I was swinging it, and I was doing um, sprint sets. So I was doing a thirty pounder. I was doing thirty seconds worth of sprints for the upcoming. Um, Mace competition at Woodall's Fitness in Clayton, North Carolina. Let me get this all straight. June 2nd through the 4th, be there. I really think I'm showing up. We're coming back from Lisa's uh, birthday vacation, and we're going to go right to North Carolina. So that's why we're kind of up in the air about it. Um, Sebastian definitely wants to go. Big Mike is, is saying that he wants to go and compete. He hasn't seen everybody. John might even compete over here. He's First week here at Adex, and, uh, you know, we're trying to make a good week for him. Your first week? It's your first week, John? 
Yeah, it's wow. Tuesday. So, so did Don do a full background check on you before he hired you? Make sure you don't have a criminal record and all that stuff. Not at all. <laughs> Good. But the absolute shortest hiring process I've ever seen. I love it. <laughs> oh, tell me how it went. What happened? This has got to be a, a Donny kind of situation. What what happened? So I knew Gabriel. He's not here today, but he's yeah, another brewing off today, right? Yeah, yeah he's uh, a fucking Disney. <laughs> he, 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 he's a, he thinks he's having a good time at Disney. We're on a podcast of Steel Mace Nation. <laughs> but yeah, I knew Gabe, and I met up with Gabe the other day, and I told him, you know, we're catching up, and I was basically telling him, you know, I'm saving so I can try and work, basically, and I'm trying to get a job. And he was like, oh, let me give you like a, let me put a word in with my boss. And then he put a word in and I was told, come here on like Monday or Tuesday. And then I basically walked in and I got asked like, okay, here, we're all insane. If you want to leave, you can. But if not, <laughs> and then from there, I was basically just making boxes. <laughs> oh, my God. So basically, he told you you can leave. So you're not actually captured by the addicts through. You're not a you're not a, a slave or anything like that. You're allowed to leave. That definitely is so is he, understood. He came on his own volition. I came on my own volition, but I haven't actually tried to leave yet, so that remains to be seen. We gave, we gave him an out because we knew, like, like in 15 minutes, somebody was going to say something or do something stupid <laughs> because, you know, it just happens. I mean, listen, we have a, we really have a good time when we're over here, you know, mm -hmm. like doing things. I, I, I don't run the place like a slave driver all Hey, everybody, the Vintage Strength Games are coming to Clayton, North Carolina on June 2nd to the 4th. June 2nd to the 4th. Go to VintageStrengthGames.com for more information and to sign up. Also, make sure you go on Facebook and you join the Vintage Strength Games Facebook group. Although I should... But you know, like I gotta have a happy crew. That's my job. Everybody's everybody's That's your job, Sebastian. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a whip cracker. I'm like so removed from everything, like most of the time. I have no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> I don't now, hold on a second. Sebastian he's piqued my curiosity just now. You guys all sat down, you started eating, we're talking, and he just got back. He he looks like he went to the bathroom for a while. You don't have bulimia, do you? No, okay. But I did take somebody's order that wanted it overnighted to their house. All right. Yeah. yeah, he's always making money. Wow, nice man. You're a hustler. Are you still also hunting iguanas? Oh, my free time. I might pull over in traffic, try to grab one off the palm tree. Do you want to? You want to give a, a shout out to like how people could contact you for iguana meat because pretty soon the food shortages are going to be coming and people are going to look be looking for some kind of meat. Listen, once the guns get banned, you can make your own kind of blow dart system or just wait for winter for when they fall out of the trees and they can just grab them. All right. <laughs> I saw somebody the other day make a six iguana egg omelet. You know, oh. You catch it and kill it before you get the eggs, but. Wow. Does that taste good? I have no idea. I'm not going Because those are cold-blooded animals, man. That's disgusting. I've, I've eaten alligator before. 
You guys eat alligator, right? You live in Florida. What the hell? Wait a second. I ate alligator once. I rode it all the way on my motorcycle. I ride all the way, almost two hours away. You got to go to this place. It's a great place to ride your motorcycle to. It's at the top of Lake Okeechobee. I go up there. I ride up there. I go and get alligator, and it's like chicken nuggets. (laughs) And, And I'm like, I rode my motorcycle all the way up here. almost got killed. You know, like, like why? I mean, if if it tastes like chicken, just eat chicken. <laughs> right. And save yourself the gas and the time. Why kill the alligator, you know? Right. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what goes on down there. It's Florida. And, you know, the I want the whole world is watching right now, watching you guys. And I want the whole world right to up. see that these three guys in Florida are all dying from COVID right now. And, you know, they're making the biggest mistake in the world by, uh, you know, living in that state, which is a fascist state. It's so oppressive here. It's terrible. <laughs> people people wouldn't, well, you know what? We can't say that because we don't, we're not, well, that's not true. But yeah, it's just it's just so bad here, you know. Everything. I need the transcription. <laughs> We're not. That's not true. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> that's not true. How so oppressive. The, <laughs> the I could see how oppressed you guys are. You're, you're. Uh, it's terrible. I want to cry for you. But we're eating, we're eating lunch. Pretty sure it was like 65 and sunny this morning. Sun was up at like 7:15. Yeah, I was already training as the sun was coming up this morning. It was great. Now, Jonathan, you just yeah. – is it Jonathan or John? John. All right. I, I Sorry, I don't know why I said Jonathan. I'm Uh-oh. so proper. This is a very proper show. Um, proper guy. Uh, so you just started. You're thinking about going and training. Have but- you been swinging a mace? Not since I got here. (laughs) Wait a minute. I would think, Don, that the way a person actually gets hired is, okay, you want the job, stand here with a mace and swing it for the next eight hours. And if you could survive, you got the job, right? Isn't that just the fair thing to do? Well, you just you just upped it really good for the next guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Find somebody's death. But John, actually, what were you doing? What were you doing half an hour ago? Half an hour ago, I was swinging maces. Okay. He was doing double he was double doing club. double club sit outs. We were teaching him how to do double club sit outs. So, so front swings yesterday. And you so this is all new for you. This yeah. type of training. I never touched a mace until I came here. This is so cool, man. Think about what's happening here. You went and got a job mm-hmm. working in a, apparently in an insane asylum as you described it which is fine because somebody has to work there. Very uh, and you not only secured a job, but you also now are partaking in uh, a physical fitness thing, which I don't know. Have you been working out before or is, have, is this all new for you even on that context? Um, I've mostly done light exercise. So this is fairly new when it comes to actual training. How cool is that? You know, you got a job and you've been introduced to the steel mace modality, the the growing modality of steel mace. And uh, have you been like looking into it now? Like, I'm sure you're like curious, like, where did this come from? Or 
Um, have you been checking like the history on it? Have you been tuning into the Steel Mace Nation? Uh, this is already like 220 episodes here. Um, got a whole three years of, of history, John, that you could be tapping into. You got to subscribe on YouTube. You got to like, follow, and share, you know, all that stuff. Admittedly, I haven't been looking at that much. I've been looking into it, but not heavily. But I do have a lot of catching up to do, especially with Steel, Steel Mates Nation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, a lot. <laughs> Better. Uh... He has he has no idea about the different factions of the mace training. Yeah, we're in different camps. Yeah, yeah. How people like argue insanely on social media of which mode. It's almost. It's almost. I I think I've said this before. It's like two martial artists that came out of different camps, and one guy is going, "Your your tiger style is no match for my crane style." You know, like it's like. You know, like, oh, you know, okay, grasshopper. Yeah. So we're, you know, like, John's brand new to this. He's just dipped his toe in it. Uh, he got to train like two days this week, you know, not even train. He just, you know, was like doing a little bit of, you know, try these exercises, see how this feels, because you have to know how to talk to the customers when they're calling up and asking questions. So he's kind of like getting interested in that because he wants to be, you know, not just a packing guy. He wants to be all around guy. Yeah, sales and marketing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, and thank God right now we got Lisa answering the um, the customer service phone, you know, so uh, we don't have to uh, jump to do that so much like we used to, you know, because we get to like 20 calls a day. Yeah, you know, so asking everything, product, everything, orders. Like Sebastian just did the order. Mm -hmm. So and normally you guys are just out there packing boxes, pushing product out the door, receiving stuff in, un unpacking it, you know, repacking it, and then mm -hmm. you're putting out little fires in between, answering um, questions when people got them. So like when somebody contacts you if they have a question, it's usually an email. And how fast do you guys respond? Usually within 24 hours, but most of the time, like, uh, you know, like pretty quick, you know, and a lot of emails, honestly, a lot of emails, we get so many that they, they get skipped over. So if anybody's listening and they're saying, you didn't answer my email last week, I apologize. We get to you like eventually, or if you send that second one, we're like right away. Sometimes we're drowning over here in emails. Yeah. Emails and phone calls. You know, and then, you know, like little things happen like today, like when one of the suppliers is, is backed up so I can't pick up product till tomorrow and we can't ship out tomorrow because I'm not going to be able to we pick up till, scheduled. Yeah, we've got nobody scheduled. And we also have like none of the facilities are open to drop product off at tomorrow. Except, you know, by the time I pick it up, because it's like two hours away. So we've got no way to get that. So we're kind of like idle today, and this was perfect time to, you know, do some stuff with, with you, do a little promotion stuff, and, you know, people can see what we're doing, and we, we could promote Mason Club training throughout the world. Yeah, and as far as, you know, promoting Mason Clubs is concerned, um, but we'll ask John, because he's so new, mm -hmm. do you... Um, what do you think is a, a, a way to get people to want to try something like this? Because 
it looks weird to people sometimes, and they they don't think it's they're gonna figure it out. They don't know. I'm sure you went through those same things. You were like holding this mace, and you're like, "What the heck am I about to do here?" So fresh, yeah. brand new, out of the out of the gate. What would be something that you could suggest to people from your perspective? You know, like try this thing out. Um. For things that we can try, just for anyone, not like a idea for maces in general, I would say, honestly, just check online, see what resources there are to learn. I've actually had some ideas for resources that we could create that mm -hmm. I ran by Sebastian yesterday. Yeah, John had a great idea yesterday of uh, taking like VR and implementing like a mace or a club into a VR system. And he was kind of informing me on how big VR is going to grow just by the end of the decade. And mm -hmm. even like the leaps and bounds is going to go through like this year alone by, you know, giant tech companies and all that. Yeah. And even now there's already millions of users, but there's such a big content drought that people are starving, especially when it comes to a fitness centered thing. I mean, realistically, what's stopping someone from just taking like a mace or a club or whatever, letting you mount your VR controller so you have motion tracking, and then having sort of guided exercises with that. Yeah. And that's the type of thing that you could probably reach a way bigger audience with and wow, you know, convince a lot more people with that home training. And just because there is like that much of a vacuum in the VR space, it would be like one of the first true fitness mm -hmm. content whatever's coming to that market and people just want to eat that stuff up right now so they would be willing to try it yeah and right now when it comes to fitness games there are a few of them but none of them really focus on full body workout most of them are pretty much just flick your arms or your wrists and they're all expensive subscription services owned by facebook is like the only big one other than like the wrist flicking stuff and none of them actually incorporate equipment into it. They're all just sort of, you have your, like, less than a pound controllers and just move around with those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like a light so, type of cardio uh, movement kind of thing. Yeah, just get, yeah, get your movement. Like what Pokemon Go did, made everybody walk. Yeah, yeah right, right. Or, or like the Wii game. Oh, yeah, Wii Fitness and Wii, you know, like you could play tennis with it or you can do boxing. Yeah, bowling. So it's, a, you the know, bowling like, was awesome. Was a, what is that, a parameter? Wii Golf. A, um, Wii Golf was, all, I was, I was a pro on Wii Golf and Wii Bowling. It's like infrared, I don't know. Does something. Yes. Yeah, Figures something. out something. Yeah, we can do, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's like something that's actually doable, you know, where it's not like far-fetched at this point. I mean, I, while you're talking about it, I automatically, uh, because I'm I'm a psycho, <laughs> I I automatically think you go into this VR world with your mace and you actually you're having a battle with people. Battle, you're, yeah. you're hitting them with their mace, like you're smashing people's uh, armor open, and I'm like, oh, that that's what's going on in my head. As soon as you said it, that that is amazing. If you think, think about, about it. it. Like the whole game could be like you let's say you set up a mace at like 15 pounds, right? right. And your your first thing to do is like you're you're walking on a beach towards an uh, an SUP board and it's sitting in the water and you get on there and you start paddling with your with your mace. 
Right. And then when you get off the next beach, you know, you got to paddle so far, switch sides that you're on because the mm -hmm. current is drifting you. So you got to be able to steer steer it. So that, that'll guide you. You get off of there and now you're attacked by like some kind of like, like a being that's on the other side. Let's make it a monster. A being. <laughs> and now you're and now your paddle now your paddle turns into like you're doing thrusts at spear the thrusts. spear thrusts at the right. at them and you know you can feel the the uh sensor in that would be connected to the mace with the actual weight on it would be able to feel how much force you're putting behind there so instead of just wounding the guy, you actually can kill him if you do it hard. Yeah, death blow. If you do it like too soft, it'll just be like you you hear the guy just going like ow, ow. You know, right. like <laughs> you know, but like you know, like when you do it like really like step into it, you know, you can make it go, oh it, it drop. You do like Donnie and Stojo, and they like train with Donnie in there. But yeah. Oh, at I the know. last level, you have to fight Donnie. Fight oh, Donnie. Yeah. Oh my God! Wouldn't that be cool? And, then, and there's that there's that French Donnie the land fire with the goatee, like all the way a bandana on. There's a French. I don't know if it's a game or a cartoon, but he's like some kind of. He's called Tortue Genial, and the guy looks like me, and he holds a club up, and when he does, like he all his muscles come out, and the dude's like a bald head and a goatee. <laughs> that could be you send me he's, this he's some anime character yeah, some anime character people have sent me this picture from europe and they're like have you ever seen this guy <laughs> and i'm like no this is cool how do you see that how do you got to go like if somebody wants oh. to go see what that looks like i'm gonna um, look him up you look him up yeah sebastian's gonna pull him up his name is Tortu Genial, and I mean, it. I think it's something like the Hermit Turtle or something uh, like that. Turtle Hermit? Turtle yeah. Hermit, yeah. And uh, it, it, he's like a cartoon dude. Yeah. I got it. Hold on. But you got to get the one with the club. It's, it's like a modern version of Captain Caveman. Remember that guy? He's yeah. like Dragon Ball Z or something. Wow, like Captain that. Caveman. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh. Okay. Yes! Wow. Okay, that's fun. Club. He's got like a club or like some you know heavy stick. And then when he like lifts up the club, all of a sudden becomes buff. Yeah, it's it's really funny. So yeah, in this in this game that could happen. You you wind up in this island and you get to the top of the the volcano and there you oh, are. Yeah. You come out and then you lift up your your club and you all these muscles pop out and then they, and then you have to kill Don. Oh, that would be great. Call, you call the game. Kill Don. Throw Don into the volcano. <laughs> yeah, like you got to throw me in. I got to be the sacrifice. You got to throw me into the volcano so that like everybody doesn't get COVID anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sacrificial lamb. Don is COVID, man. So nobody, nobody turns from a man into a woman anymore. No, no, none of that going on. None of that. No, no spike proteins. You got to fight them off. That's right, right. To fight off the spike proteins. To, and if they want to, you, you know, like it's just, you know, you okay, you can do that. Who cares? You know, yeah, if you want to, right? Yeah, just, just go ahead. Go do it over there. <laughs> it's like it's a side right. mission, yeah, <laughs> right? That's the that's the that's the side hookup. <laughs> so when's this game going to come out? Because it, you know, I'm now I want to play it. 
<laughs> somebody contact us. We'll we'll get a, we'll uh, get the ball rolling. Yeah, I mean, uh, Don, you got the right guys, but you got the the young blood. These guys know all about like like circuits and computer boards and things like that. They make yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah. We we had an older guy working over here, great worker, but no input as far as like social media or anything like that. We had to get rid of him. Oh, uh, uh, really? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, but, uh, yeah, you like, guys, uh, John and Sebastian, you guys are working all the time here, right? And Don is right there shoulder to shoulder with you, working yeah. just as hard, or do you have to wake him up from his naps and stuff like that? You know, I might have to kick him off Russell every once in a while. Uh, off of what? <laughs> I, haven't that, I haven't had that game on my phone for a year. Uh, <laughs> No, but uh, for the most part, we just might have to kick Gabe out of the bathroom every once in a while just to stay up, stay no, with us shoulder to shoulder. But Don, Don's leading from the ground, too. What's what's Gabe doing in the bathroom all the time? Does he have a girlfriend? Well, don't want to know. <laughs> we just make sure it stays clean. Is he back. breathing heavy when he comes out? <laughs> he turns the fan on every time. He complains about Taco Bell. I don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, what could that be about? I mean, you see Taco Bell all the, all the time. Can't be anything about that. No, no, no. It's nothing to do with Taco Bell. John. When the prunes aren't working, go to Taco Bell. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That yeah. and like hit up the third espresso for the day. That'll clear you out. Now that's got me thinking. You know, you're talking about the um, the mace competition coming up, heavy swings and stuff like that and uh preparing for it and you know how, how don you you know we've talked about this before on the podcast how to prepare for a heavy swing competition and everything what are you eating the day of because i feel like um that could be a, <laughs> i thought about it like what if you, you got to go to the, the last, are you remember the last competition that i ran off the platform yeah. The, the Lionels? Is that yeah, where you're yeah. going with this? Well, no, not necessarily, but I, I was just thinking, because I know you, you ended you up throwing up, but did you throw up because you didn't feel good or was it because you ate too much? No, I, I, all I, I no, I was, Brad and, Brad Hutchins and Scott Wong, I was, I went up in a weight class, remember? Yeah. So I was competing at 180 pounds in the 210 pound and over men's class. And I was using, I think a 30 or 35 pound mace. I can't remember what it was, but I, I thought I was going to be able to like, just beat those guys out of endurance. And they kept me like pushing till the end. And, uh, I just, you know, like, it was like the CrossFit thing. I trained too hard. I was working too hard and I puked. It was all it was all coffee. That's what I had. I I had only coffee for breakfast. Okay, so yeah, that's see that's the thing. Like I, sometimes if I eat too much and I swing, I don't feel good. Like I just feel too heavy. You know what I mean? Like I'm bloated. Uh, yeah. But then if I don't eat enough, I'm the kind of guy that I like. If I don't eat something, I get like all nauseous. Yeah, I get all weak and low blood sugar. I fall apart on you. You know, don't take don't take me into battle with you if I haven't eaten because I won't last long. But you know, it, like, where where do you, what do you recommend for somebody? Like, like what to eat and how much? Slice of pizza. Slice of pizza is like if you're going in, and and like you you it's you know slice of pizza is like 
three to 400 calories, right? Like a real slice of pizza, not a little Papa John's crap, like a real slice of pizza that you buy as a slice. That's probably the best thing to eat before you're going and, and make sure you do it like a half an hour before. Okay. Enough carbs in there. You got enough fat for energy. You got enough carbs, you know, hopefully they don't put a ton of sugar in it, you know, and you know, you got enough fuel to be able to, and, and to settle your stomach down too, you know, cause right. I, I don't know how many, how many times like you've been on a platform. I've been on a platform, let's just say like 20 times. Right. And every time I get up there, every time I'm getting ready to swing, I'm still like, you know, like I walk up there like, yeah, I'm going to kill this. And I'm still like buzzing, you know, like waiting for that, you know, for the ant to go off to start. And, you know, it's uh, butterflies in the stomach. You're nervous. And, oh, yeah. you know, like it, it takes you like three swings. And I don't care how good you are. It takes you like three swings to get into that mental focus of where your swings are supposed to be. You know, like well, I've been studying this for a long time. You know, like what to do actually on the platform. What's the constants that I see people doing? And whether it's me or another competitor and I judged like most of the competitions, I was a judge at most of them, even when I was competing. The, when you see the, the guys that are putting up big numbers and the girls that are putting up big numbers and they're getting up there and you could see their knees shaking or their hand twitching or their eye twitching, you know, and you know, they're just, you know, it's, the, it's that anticipation of the buzzer. And then you see those first swings, no one ever pulls into a perfect swing. It's just like you got to get your head in the right place. And it takes three swings to figure it out. Just like when you know when you're competing against somebody and you start hearing the breathing going up next to you and you know that, and you know, the guy next to you is starting to sprint and you're like, damn it. And now I got to catch up. And you watch their, you're watching their counter all of a sudden because right. you hear them huffing and puffing. And it, it takes you two to four swings to realize the other guy is doing it. So there are already two to four swings uh, that they sped up on, which probably put them one or two reps ahead of you in those two to four swings that they're going a little bit faster. Because you got to remember, you're going from somewhere out of 36 to 38 BPM cruising speed for your reps in the mace competition to where your sprint speed's probably two to three reps faster than that. So, you know, your sprint's really not that much faster. Especially for training up to the maze competition, you want to be able to sprint to 40. Easy. Do 40 seconds of sprints. No, no, no. 40 reps. 40 reps. In the 40 minute. reps. 40 reps a minute in your sprint. Yeah. That, yeah. And that should be, what? yeah, that should be one minute. That should be an attainable goal. Is that bad? Is our battery dying? No. So if it's 40 swings a minute in your sprint, what what are you saying is your your um your cruise? Yeah, your cruise. Thank you. You're, you're at 36 to 38, mid 30s. Okay. All right. So you're only popping it up a couple of more swings. You can't really you're not gonna go crazy here where it's like you're gonna try to get 10 more reps per minute, which which will be like probably impossible, right? If you can, if well, so like if you're going three to you're going three to four reps a minute faster, it would take to get ten reps. You're going to have to be doing that that cadence throughout the whole the whole flight. Yeah, right. And uh, nobody's. I don't think anybody swung over thirty nine 
beats per, you know, Brad, Brad might've, and Wong might've, uh, Puerco maybe, cause he's, he's, uh, you know, like with a lighter weight than those guys go. So, and that's another thing too. You got to find, are you a better speed person with a lighter weight mace? Or are you better at, you know, just being consistent with your numbers when you go to heavy? Like for me, heavy would be anything 30 pounds and above. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm swinging a heavy mace in this competition. You know, so I would look at, well, maybe in competition, maybe 20, yeah, I'd say 25. 25 gets heavy. It, it feels like it's 100 pounds heavier when you're in competition than, you know, doing it at home. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I did. I did 25, and and uh, halfway through, I was like, ah, shit, maybe I should have went lighter. <laughs> it snuck up on me. But then if you go too light, if you go too light and you try to get the numbers and put the numbers up there, there's a point where there is a weight that is too light, and the, the speed needs to have enough weight to be able to stick that mace you know, like if you're doing 10 to twos to be able to stick it at the 10 and two position, because it's too light, it's wobbling around out there. And when you go for your next rep, you're out of like the orbit that you should be traveling in. And it takes you, and, it, and another thing we're studying, it takes, it's, it's always like this two to four rep thing. It takes two to four reps to create, to, to correct a wonky swing. Yeah. Your rebound is punishing. Yeah. Yes. So like, yeah, I yeah. was going to say that. I remember uh, watching the clock and watching my swings, and then I would I would swing, and I knew it was low, and I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get the you know they didn't click it, and I didn't get the rep. And you were no rep, in yeah. my head, I was like that that defeated me because it was a waste. I still used the energy, if not more, if not more, because it was so low. I had to kind of like you know kind of grip it more. And, um, and then I had to recover from it. And if you screw up the next one, it just compounds. So this yeah. is, this is really good meaty stuff that we're talking about. I love talking about this. And Don, going back to what you were saying. So you want to, you want to pull it into the slot so that the judge says, yes, that's a, that's a true rep. Mm -hmm. If you screw it up, if it's too low they're not going to give it to you. So what you're saying is you have to find the perfect weight so that the cadence and, and the way it lands into that slot all works out. You have to be able to replicate consistency the, and efficiency. So what is it? What is it like? You're like most people, what were the numbers people put up like 180, 190 reps, they're borderlining on 200. Some people break 200 in the five minutes. Yeah. Um, so you're doing it like, especially with the 10 and two, because you have two targets you're aiming for, which is basically the pockets on your hips. Right. You know, like you, like if you had a pair of shorts on the pot where your pockets are. So you're trying to pull down and touch, you know, into there. And it's, it's so, so that, and then you have to decide, you know, like what's the lightest weight mace I can use without having this thing bobbling all around and what's the heaviest weight mace I can use without, you know, without, without me swinging it improperly where I have low swings, you know, you can't get the, the weight up to be at the, at the, you know, the 10 to two marks. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's, 
that is, I think, like where a lot of people like either sell themselves short. Most people do because they don't think they can do a heavier weight. Uh, and then they also don't realize that maybe I should back off on the weight. You might be, not be the type of person to be able to pull that weight consistently for five minutes. And then you're using a weight that's too light. And it's not, it's not, it's not sticking, you know, like we'll, we'll say stick it. Like we would do drills, especially like when I had big Mike and David and we were doing the house of monsters stuff, we would hit the 10. To, so in the 300 in the competition swing, which is the 10 to two, the, when we'd hit the points, we'd say stick it. And you'd have to count one, 1,000 out loud just until that. So you'd pull it down and the mace would hang there. Yeah. exactly in that spot for just like one 1,000 and it would start to drop and then you have to swing it and get the next one and go stick it. And we would do 10 to 20 reps in a flight of doing that just to get our, our mind to be able to control the mace better, to be able to get the, you know, deep enough, deep enough um, catch in the front, but you know, with at the belly button area and make sure our hands aren't sticking up like this behind Usually most people have the, have the, um, they're shortened in the front and they're not coming down to the belly button area. Yeah. They're a little high by their yeah. solar plexus. Right. So they want to see, judges want to see it inside your ribs, you know, like where it's actually borderlining on navel area so at, the, at the highest. If you don't pull your hands down low enough, you won't get the rep. No, yeah. no, no. It's that, yeah. It, it, the rules have been really loose up until now, but now they're starting to tighten them. Yeah. Because so many people are getting involved and we want to offer prizes and stuff. And you, you got to be consistent in the ruling and we got to make sure that everybody's doing good reps. They understand what a good rep is, which there's athlete briefings at every, at every competition. I mean, they've really evolved. I mean, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this one in, in uh, North Carolina at, at Woodalls. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. On June 2nd to the 4th this year, Clayton, North Carolina, Woodalls Fitness. Yeah. What's the itinerary? I know, uh, I know uh, James was on uh, the podcast and he explained all that, but just for the night. people who are listening to this one, what's the itinerary? Get there on Friday. Friday night, yeah, it's going to be meet up, you know, arrive on Friday afternoon. Friday evening, it's like a athletes meet up and like a little introduction. Everybody gets to hang out, which is always cool. You get to meet everybody. Saturday is going to be, you know, the vintage strength games. I think James is actually incorporating some other fitness events besides the Mason Club competition. There might be some tire flipping and stuff. I'm not really sure about that because I haven't really talked to him yet. And I, I really haven't committed yet, but like I'm almost like 90% sure that I'm going. Yeah, we're probably going. So, uh, you know, and we'll bring people up from here. We're, we're trying to get Big Mike to come up to get time off. Uh, John showed interest in going. Dave um, and I are probably going to go. Dave is going to be there. Dave Hell yeah. Like we're going to do five, six week training. So program you're going to be it. there, right? Um, yeah. The end of April to May. So then, so then there's going to be competition on Saturday and Sunday. And like with all the competitions, everybody probably goes out for burgers or wings or pizza after that and a beer and ha, 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 laugh and have a good time. And yeah. you know, the next day back all over again. And we should uh, have weigh-ins and do like a, like a vlog beforehand, like the UFC. Get a little drama started. 
get a little, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, get a script written. Maybe we could get Lionel to come up with uh, some people from his gym because he's got some serious mace swingers over there. Uh, I'm also thinking, since you guys are from Florida, you have access to these awesome beaches where these beautiful women are. So get these girls in their bikinis to come up along with, okay? Uh, like just to, people. you know, just to kind of add that element into it, just to make it a little bit more appealing to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's... At that point, we're bribing the judges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that could be an attraction, but you know, we, we, the mace is the attraction. The competition's the attraction, bro. Yeah, and it, and it is. All, it's all about the mace. We, we kiss it beforehand. We need know. more girls in the events, though. Yes, that yeah, is true. All right, listen. All right, I'm going to say this out on the air. Only nine percent of our sales go to women. Really? Nine percent. Come on, you guys. Wow, girls. Nine percent. I wonder what the other if the other mace companies are like, you know, maybe your maybe your mace is too manly for, for the ladies. I got the thinnest handle of, I get the thinnest handle of all the maces. You know, you figure they'd be attracted to that. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's I, I don't know what the I don't know what the deal is, but it just seems we're running nine percent and it doesn't even have an it's it's such a small percentage. It can't even break down the age range like it does for the men's sales. So, you know, it's where where do you sell most of your maces? Like ge geographically, are, are you sending them or just products? Like all well, our products? Well, yeah, what up? You know, Mason Clubs, California, California, the West Coast, ah. Washington, Oregon, and California. That's the most of your sales. Oh my God. Well, it's Cal probably California, like California, Texas. And I think New York are our three are biggest. The biggest. But the West Coast overall, like if you took a geographical zone. Yeah, the West Coast. The West Coast we're sending the most to. Canada. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and that, so and California is always like the, like they say, like, you know, it happens in California first and then everywhere else it, it moves to. Like people yeah. dyeing their hair gray. That was a thing yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the, so now you got people buying these bases from you, Addicts adjustable bases, and so that's really cool. So I, I bet like the next step is you're just going to start seeing more sales across the whole continent uh, as time goes by. Well, the funny thing was is that I make them here in Florida, and hardly when in the beginning, hardly anybody in Florida was doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like we had Lionel, and I think there's a there's two gyms in Hallandale that that uh, offer mace class, but and I offer mace class at my wife's gym. I had the one of the longest running mace classes from 2013 up until last year. Last year, Don's last class May. was awesome. It was really fun, and uh, you know that that always had a you know good turnout, and we had a lot of fun in that class, and and a lot of athletes came out of there that went to the event, or a few, I should say, not a lot. But um, we're starting to sell in state a lot more now. We started which, to notice like little communities pop up. Like I've had a bunch of random orders to Tallahassee, and I'm like, I want. It's only a city of like two hundred thousand people, so somebody's got to be talking to somebody, or a gym's got to be featuring something. And 
like, you know, we see the, the zip codes pop up a good amount or like a city that stands out to us. And we're like, oh, okay, something's going on up there. Someone's making it happen. Or we wow. have, we'll have people call us up now and say, hey, I live a half an hour away. Can I come by and pick it up so I don't have to pay for the shipping? Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, come by. And then we get people coming in. So we get like one person a week that just drops in to purchase. Yeah. Maybe Which, a little less than that in the average, but people will stop by. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we got yeah. people that just stop in now. Like they, oh come yeah, they have a just, coffee with us. They just appear out of nowhere, and they're like, yeah, "Hey, I just yeah, came by." They'll email me like a call, like the day of, or phone call, or text us and say, "Hey, we're gonna. Is it okay if I stop by today to say hi?" I mean, these That's are people cool. that are customers. You know, they just come in to say hi, and they, they'll ask a question about training or yeah. just you know hang out with us. It's kind of cool. Wow. Anybody like big names or anything like you don't have to say who they are but like anybody like famous in a way or anything uh we got a couple famous people that stopped by so yeah. uh, john hasn't met anybody john hasn't met anybody yet where it's like uh i was going to say when you were asking john about his first week over here sebastian had the best first week ever on a job yeah i had a good first day what happened? it's actually his two-year anniversary tomorrow working for addicts congratulations it's a, it, this oh, is a yeah. big thing, you know, like uh, two years, two years. Oh, That's yeah. a long time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So yeah. what happened on your first week? Sebastian, uh, you could say who you met. The, the first day, this was when the addicts was in Don's garage. Yeah. Right. So uh, I walked over and I talked with Lisa. She's like, oh, you're going to be like constructing maces. And I'm like, oh, like pepper spray. She's like, no impromptu 45 minute lesson on how to swing the mace in the soil of the house so like i was like oh i already learned something new and i haven't even walked inside yet you know two three hours later hector lombard comes walking in you know like i get to meet a ufc fighter the first day right. and then don towards the end of the day like i packed my first box whatever happened to sweating in the garage it's springtime wasn't too crazy don's like all right Hop in the time machine. We're going to FedEx. Next thing you know, we're going like 90 down power line. The, the, time, machine. the time machine's a Corvette, right? Yeah, the time machine's a Corvette. <laughs> we're delivering stuff we're, in this. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to FedEx. We got 30-pound boxes in the back. Slide it around. Yeah, and you're just like, what, what did I get myself into here, right? Yeah. This is crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize what I was uh, walking into. I thought the guy like needed like help with like yard work or something. I didn't realize like he was running a business out of his garage. Yeah. That's awesome. And now, yeah. So when did you move into the, to the uh, warehouse now? It's going to be, this is like a August. It'll be not of last year. year. Yeah. It's, this, it'll so, be, it'll, our lease is up at the end of August. This coming August, so it, it was a two-year lease. Yeah. Okay. So we're so what was that a year and a half ago? Yeah. And you needed to do that. You needed to move into a bigger it, place. It needed to happen because Don was probably going to end up getting divorced if we didn't. <laughs> Lisa and him and Addict. It wasn't even Lisa and Don. It was Lisa and Addicts were having a fight over what's in the garage and what's in the living room because. Oh. There was office space, and then there was the living room, you know? And the, the office kept getting confined to the desk, and the desk was getting piled up with stuff. And then, you know, the addicts gear has laundry on it. And, yeah, it, it was better that we left. <laughs> yeah. And it, so also the, feels, it also feels more professional, too. Yeah. Right. 
Right, exactly. So you have less clutter. It's you you have to leave your house to go to work rather than be in your house all day. Right. You know how far away, you know how far away it is? It's it's awful. It's six minutes from my house. A short commute is is great. So you ride your bike there, right? Instead of your Corvette. Dude, I saw a skateboard. I, I longboard here. Wow, that's awesome. So uh, yeah, so uh, that's got to be a well, good feeling just to like be able to do that. And I bet your business actually picked up because of it, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of did. It, it definitely uh, stayed the same and grew a little bit. You know, we had more space. You know, of course, there's expenses over here, but so far it seems well worth it. Yeah. Yeah, we're and, and actually we're to the point now where we we're we're considering taking another warehouse bay because we want to be able to have we want to um, make more content we want to make more content so we're gonna we want to build out a studio and really yeah yeah we're gonna build out, we're thinking about building out a studio and we're also thinking about like using that bay because we make our own boxes here because the price of getting custom made boxes is just ridiculous. So we were thinking about having a, you know, like half of it is going to be for studio, for filming content. And the other half would be just nothing but making boxes. I mean, it sounds insane, but. It, it kind of does. It's like, like all, yeah, you're going to have this whole section just for boxes, but that's yeah. it. That's the business. A, yeah. bo a box and put a mace in it. Ship I mean, it out the door. It'll be extra storage space too, but, yeah. you know, it's. It's definitely, uh, you know, like we're, we're right now. Um, so we're, when you were saying, you know, like we're, we were talking about making stuff before and like getting the business done right now, we just bought a 55 ton press to be able to push the pins in for the weights on somewhere uh, machine. I'm working with a, another machine shop who does fabrication for us to make uh, a system that we can do somewhere between 15 and 30 weights and we'll be able to press all the pins in at once on them instead of us tapping them in with a hammer each one at a time oh wow so the pins that are in the little weights that lock into the hole so the so the weights don't spin apart and all that yeah so right now you guys are tapping them in all by hand yeah so the the pins that are in the top of this so people who know what it is you know like so these fit in and then and then they'll lock into the bottom pieces so they lock into the handle of the club to keep them from rotating yeah well they're that's my patent but um so so these pins we're going to be able to set up like i don't know i don't know what the tonnage that we can figure out is right now on a press with a plate and a guide system and it'll have a setup where we're able to adjust the height underneath for the different thicknesses of the weights that we have for the two and a half pounders and the one and a quarters to be able to lay them all out. They'll be in line and then a press will come down and push all the pins in at once. And so they'll be automated to be able to do a bunch of them in one shot rather than standing here with the hammer and 10 taps on one side, 10 taps on the other. Sometimes you miss and you put a dent in it and that one's yeah. no good. I, I was just going to ask, does that ever happen? Yeah, because oh, I was yeah. I was looking at the pins and I was like, how did those things get in there? I I I, oh, I never thought of actually asking you. Like, it would just be something I would think of while I'm working out. Like, how do they get them in there? I, is there like glue in there? Like, what's going on? So now you just you know you explained it a lot. You just tap them in and then pressure just keeps them in. 
pressure keeps them in. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if I put, I haven't tried yet putting them in the freezer like for two or three days and then seeing if they just slide in the holes and when they warm up, they expand in there. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> no, when they warm up, it expands. Yeah, when they warm up, they'll expand. So when you freeze them, they'll contract. When they're, yeah, the pins, if they're in the freezer, they'll, they'll contract. Yeah, but everything's going to contract or it's going to be the whole, maybe, it's going to be the weight wait around it. The, the space around it is going to contract oh. with it. The Don no, wants no, to no, freeze no, the just, pins. Just the pins. You, why oh. Oh. Yeah, we just put the pins in there. And then, you know, when you take them out, see if they drop in. I oh. never tried that yet. And if they could, or if you could just push them in with your finger, I mean, that might be the easiest way. And that would have been free, and I won't be spending $6,000 on a press for this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, well, you got to experiment. I don't know if it'll work with just a regular freezer, though. You might need, like... Like dry, like liquid nitrogen type freezer. Yeah, like drop it down to like negative really two hundred degrees. Yeah, that would. Yeah, they'll trust me with that. Oh yeah, and I'm sure that's not going to cost you any money. No, you're not allowed to buy that. There's actually <laughs> that drive around with that. They pull up at the hospitals. Right. The nitrogen in them. You can freeze yourself too. Yeah. You like Walt like Disney, right? Right. And, and then like 5,000 years from now, they'll wake you up and be like, we need more maces. Get to work. Okay. <laughs> they just go like not missing a beat. Just, <laughs> right. right. just get right back to it. Yeah. You know, all, you know, all those maces you made? Yeah. They finally all broke. It took a thousand years, but we need more now. I hope so. Those things will never break. I hope it yeah, takes that long. Funny. Oh, Yeah. That's, that's oh, we thrashed thing. one one day and it didn't break. Oh, yeah, I can still use it. Don was telling me you were throwing it around. Like, did you get that on video? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's and we used. Um, I was beating the shit out of this thing. So bad. Like, it felt terrible. Wait but it was also. Wait a second. Is that me still set? I have it. Hold on. Let me wait a second. This. He's going to show you the what we did with this because you know, people. We wanted to see if regular weights worked on the Adex mace handle. And Sebastian said, and this is regular five-pound weights. It's Lou Ferrigno five-pound plates. From Brooklyn, New York. Oh, man, you're throwing around Ferrigno plates? What, those are no. those things are probably worth a fortune. Yeah, I would have no, I wasn't throwing it around with this, but this is something uh, that we ended up doing, and it works well. It just yeah. clips in the ass every once in a while. Yeah, they're just kind of big. They hit me in the butt. All right, but and now that, with that setup, they're going to – like you just were talking about, your weights have the pins in them to keep, keep the counter-rotational forces from making it spin apart. Yeah. So with what you just showed me with the Ferrigno plates, there's no pin holding that. Nope. So that will eventually start to spin apart. Yeah, sooner sooner or later. It, but, you know, for what we used it for, like with that, to see how it would work, it took a long time of swinging for it to come loose. Okay. It you didn't know? really come loose at all. You Here, know, Here's the thread set that I used. It ended up being angled at a certain point. Oh, yeah. When I was slamming it on the concrete in front of the fire station. But the yeah, welds only moved a little bit. But for the most part, cosmetic and it still works. But you could see that angle. And he threw this no less than 12 times. 
oh, like actual air, full swing it and let it go like that, like out in the side. middle of a road in front of the fire. The firehouse is across the street from us. They're you should up- get the fire department to set up their aerial, and then you go up, go up there and throw it off. They don't have they don't, they don't have an engine, so it's just the, it's just the EMTs. Ah, uh, what, what do you got to do? Put out your own fire? Yeah, well, they made sure we have the new fire extinguishers here. Okay, that'll work. It again. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all the stuff we've got going on now. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some more mace competitions coming up. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, somebody uh, contacted us the other day about wanting to do one in San Diego. Oh, wow. Do it. Let's go. We'll have a West Coast. Yeah, Mauricio, that's what's got to happen. You probably want to run that. Is that who you were thinking? Who? Maurizio. Oh, well, that's he's another one, yeah. Yeah, and Steve Cotter's in San Diego, too, and he's he's like a killer athlete. He's a great kettlebell athlete, so right. you know, he, would be, he would be good with maces and clubs. He trains with them, too, so, you know, he'd be able to jump in right on there, and it's – I don't think that's too far away from Rick Brown. Rick should be able to get down to San Diego in a few hours from Los Angeles. You know, I don't know if anybody wants to drive. Plus, there, there's a ton of West Coasters that have addicts here, too. We get a lot of love from the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really cool thing. Um, and then also, uh, just you're selling stuff around the world, too. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where we did we go? go? We got so okay. weird this from where, From where Florida is on a globe, we ship to the exact opposite side of the globe. Yeah. The closest land that you can ship to. And it's West Coast Australia. It's around Perth. It's a suburb of Perth. But it's the literal furthest away from where it's manufactured that I can go, and we get it there. Wow. Pretty, we shipped to uh, Serbia this week. Now, uh, you, when you say globe, what you really mean is because the world's actually flat, and and everything yeah. has to go around that so, rim, so right? So once you get to the ice wall, it's beyond the ice wall. And well, you only to... FedEx ships beyond the ice wall. Okay. Okay. With the super elites. That's awesome. FedEx will do that. Don't you have a cat? A what? Don't you have a cat? Yeah, it was just, it's sleeping right next to me. How do you know? What are you talking about my cat for? No, if, if the world was flat, cats would have pushed everything off the edge by now. They pushed everything off a table. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like, it's just ridiculous. That's why I own dogs, because they won't push anything off the table. Yeah, they just eat your shoes and your and your uh, hairbrushes. Everything. Right. Everything. Right. And then they shit it out somewhere Lisa's for you knitting, to find. Lisa's knitting with the puppy, and it was coming out in a string, and I had to actually pull it out of the puppy. Ah, uh, that's like just... 20 feet of it. Uh, when you pulled the string, did confetti shoot out of its mouth? <laughs> like a New Year's popper. <laughs> This is going to be an awesome show. I, it's been great so far. I, it's been an hour. What should we do? Should we, I don't know. Should we you, stop while we're ahead? Or second, you're on a family vacation right now, and you're doing business. I, this is business? You're going to get them black. <laughs> this is business for you, this, I think. This is going to go zero. This is going to go zero on YouTube. You're going to get. It's going to get 38 views, Don. The, the AI is going to listen to it and go banned. <laughs> oh yeah Fred, don sebastian band well listen let, let's just 
put the disclaimer in right now. All the views represented in this show were uh, solely the responsibility of me, Fred Moore, and are not to be uh, misconstrued with any other parties on this podcast. Uh, some of the zany things I say, I'm just trying to be a half-assed comedian, trying to get some likes here, and I'll say some arbitrary bullshit once in a while, and sometimes it lands like a lead balloon. So, just on that. Folks, just jokes. Just jokes. It's just jokes, baby. What we're trying to do is get John to be an avid mace swinger. We're going to ch- we're going to change him in a year. Hopefully, Dude. he stays that long. Does he know about the tattoo he has to get? You're not supposed Gabe to say it. And Gabe didn't tell oh. him. I don't, I don't, oh, sorry. Never mind. For, forget you heard that. <laughs> well, it could be a tattoo or a brand. Either one. It's, it's, the brands are like resurging in popularity. Yeah, they're they're good. Can it's I cool. like brand it onto a fish instead of myself? The fa- a fish. Yeah. <laughs> a fish. Now we just How about got a dolphin. Can you, do you go have... a dolphin? Yeah, I feel like that would be a bit more illegal, but I, I'd be up for it. A turtle. <laughs> oh, we had a uh, round manatee burgers the other day over here because they. Just, I'm sorry. Like, they're floating. <laughs> Aren't they endangered? <laughs> yes. How did do you you didn't eat a manatee? No, of no, course don't not. ever eat a manatee. <laughs> It's funny. It really gets a reaction out of people when you saw them eat ground manatee burger. Right. Those cute, those cute things. I mean, they what? look like turns. Who looks at a manatee and thinks this cow, is appetizing? Man. That's ocean beef. How do you eat a manatee? One bite at a time. Uh, <laughs> carefully, but you got to slice them thin. Now, now, when I went to Florida, I did go manatee watching, and that was fun, man. We were in little kayaks, and we were chasing them around in the bay. Was was that just recently, or when you were down here for the competition? Um, no, I think it was. uh, I can't. West Coast. I don't even know. We were, we were. Um, wait a minute. It was uh West Coast. Yes, it was um Sarasota. Sarasota. Yes, and it was nothing to do with the. That's when I saw you guys. Um, Yeah, yeah. When we we filmed you as the homeless guy standing out in front of the restaurant. Right, right. And we went to Frank's place and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yes, we saw Frank from from Mace Fit in the cave. Yeah. Who has also been on the podcast a bunch of times too. So. Two Sling Steel on Instagram. Say it again. Two Sling Steel on Instagram. Yes, Two Sling Steel. Check him out at Two Sling Steel. We're gonna get the crazy trainer on here next too. Yeah, who who's Jared, the crazy? Jared, the guy that juggles the kettlebells, and he had he had like the big afro, and then he cut his hair short. The blonde hair guy. No, he's got dark hair. He's like he's like John's complexion. Okay. And he had a big afro. Does he and, come by there? Oh, dude, we uh, all the time. I'll I'll go up to Del Rey with my wife to walk around, like where the outdoor restaurants and stuff are. And all of a sudden, I'll hear from across the street, like he. I think he's got one of his family members lives up there. And all of a sudden, I hear, "Hey, Donnie Addix!" And from across the street, and I'm looking around, and it's Jared, the crazy trainer again. He's like up there visiting somebody, and he's like, "Hey." That's yeah. funny, man. People yelling out Donnie Addicts. It's like yeah, running across the street, you know, big guy running across the street, cars were all slamming on the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> so every state has its crews, you know. Like you got your people, New Jersey has its people. Oh, yeah. Um, 
that's you know that's what's cool that's where it all starts right you know you got your clicks and then you got to try to do this cross-pollinating and the you know the vintage strength games is a great way to do that it's great destination for people if they want to meet other mace swingers and just have a good time well what um, i'm excited about for this one is that it's pretty centrally located for north carolina so we think like a lot more people are able to go just because of location yeah and, you know like florida's kind of out of the way but north carolina pretty central for the east coast and even like the midwest, midwest too. and then plus there's all those uh airline hubs over there too so yeah hopefully a lot of to it yeah we're gonna get it i think i think this we're gonna get a few people at this one yeah what i was saying uh when i had uh james woodall on um was um you know I i'm probably gonna drive but if there's anybody in the east upper east coast area that wants to go we could maybe carpool something like that uh oh, we could pick up people out. on the way now are you gonna podcast while you're driving yeah, I, I podcast all the time, 24-7. I'm going to be uh, going to the bathroom pretty soon and I'm gonna be podcasting. <laughs> uh, Fred's real job is he's a fireman. He's a captain of a fire department in, in uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey. So he's, he's seeing all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So if anybody doesn't know that about Fred. Yeah, that's what they tell me. That's when I show up there, they say, this is, this is what you do. You, and I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever you tell me. So yeah, I've been doing that for 20 years now, getting away with it. There's nothing wrong with that, man. It's yeah. your, your first responder, dude. But we got to stay in shape. Yeah. That's why I swing. And it, it really does work for uh, first responders. That's the one thing I could say for sure. Um, anybody that I've, I've taught, on the job, you know, that are now swinging mace and stuff, they, they uh, say it, it's helped them a lot, keep them in shape. Um, you know, there's a lot of benefit and everything. So, you know, that's, that's uh, for any, like, kind of physical job, though, we know mace, mace is good for that. Really should just be, a, like, for any job, just physical standards in America just kind of fell to the wayside. Yeah. Well, decades. Yeah, and that's that's the unfortunate thing. I I feel like the country is just loaded up with a bunch of um, people that just they they don't even want to do anything physical. There's no like, not no impetus to even do it. They just they're like, no way, you know. So it's great to know that you're selling mace in, despite all that. Yeah, that no, it's it's definitely um, you know there's there's hope. You know we. We see it now and it's like, you know, what is the reason? Why is there a push to actually tell people, oh, you don't have to take care of yourself? There's actually a dialogue going on like that. Yeah. Oh, eat all the sugar you want. It doesn't matter. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, you could be 500 pounds and still be in good shape. Where does it, where is this coming from? You know, like really, where is this coming from? And, you know, if you slice it up and you look at everything that's been happening, and I know it sounds very cynical, but the way of the world has made me cynical. You look at this, and the only reason for this is profit. You know, if you're slightly sick, you're slightly depressed, and you're not making enough money, well, what are you going to do? You're going to complain about everything. Yeah. You know, and you, but you're not going to, you're not going to be strong enough to do anything. You're not going to be of the right mind to do anything. I mean, they're finding now, like, if you listen to people like neurologists, they're talking about 
your gut biome is actually affecting your thoughts. So if they're telling people eat, connection, if they're saying it's okay to eat crap food, it's okay to be out of shape. That's two things right there that are going, you know, like your physicality right there and the fuel you're using is not proper for your body. Nothing's right. right. So what's that ultimately doing? It's keeping you sick, which keeps the, you know, the doctor's busy, the hospital's busy, the testing people busy. I know plenty of people that work out just for their mental health. Like it yeah. just gives them that peace of mind, whatever endorphin rush that will help them. Well, there's a whole mace, you know, like if you really think about it, the mace flow people are working with a lot of people that have, that have like, you know, like that want to be whole people again. Yeah. And they are, they are injured in there, a lot of them are injured. Trauma. Uh, trauma. Mm -hmm. uh, recovering from like addictions and stuff like that. Yep. And, and these coaches are amazing because they are um, really capable of connecting the dots between the actual training with the mace and how and how it, it parlays, how it helps you up, upstairs in your mentality. And that's that's the thing. Like, you need somebody that comes in from the outside of your trauma, right? Like, you, like you put it this way. There's a lot of people where they have trauma. They'll go to the gym and they'll take their aggressions out, right? Which is fine. That's one way to do it. They'll just go hard, right? You just go hard until you got nothing left. That's great. But that's also very very extreme because at the end of the week you're beat up and now the whole next week you can't work out and now you're getting depressed right because you went too hard so the flow people are doing something where you can mediate between that and and find a way to basically work on the shit that's bothering you but you got this coach who's doing it who's reframing it for you so that you're really able to take advantage of it because you're only working with a coach for maybe an hour or two a week right so you don't have that much time but it's kind of like when you go to a therapist right you go to a yeah. therapist you're there for an hour you feel better when you leave and um, by the time a week goes by you're ready to get back in there and and, and start talking again so you know i'm not saying all these coaches are certified therapists that by any stretch of the imagination but they they are familiar with how to apply the flow to to doing that and you don't need to go to a therapist to get therapy no you yeah. can get nah. therapy yeah. just walking could be your therapy There's yeah all like go to work for therapy too just distract. right if so you're not exercising and you feel mentally fucked up then the first thing before you go out and get drugs or therapists and stuff try exercising mm -hmm. yep we've got john watching uh flow from leo leo savage right who's like the king of flow here and we've got him watching a video he's never seen this before you guys heard oh. the first week here we haven't subjected he, this we yet. haven't we haven't showed him this yet and i've got to say that all right you, when you're talking about the flow and the healing things and you know like when you hear guys like Sleepy Monkey Man and Frankenlegs and Leo and Steel Mace Gypsy and uh, uh, Victoria uh, Eastless from uh, Steel Mace Warrior. Like, you know, when you hear these people speak about how it, you know, makes them feel and how they're working with their classes and their students, 
that they're, you know, like they're, they're, they're basically helping damaged people. And in the beginning, I was kind of like, you know, like, all right, what's this stuff? It's cool. I like everything. All right. right. But then there was that rift going on between the, um, there's one package for them. Um, There was that rift going on between the people that are doing the strength training, excuse the banging, that's our FedEx guy picking up. Um, But, you know, there was that, that thing going on a few years back between yeah, guys saying that flow was flow was like a ballerina thing. And, you know, I never bought into that and I was never on either side of that, you know, like where, where is it going to be? Because I look at it as look, if you're doing this stuff and you like doing it, it's, it's, it's fun. First of all, you gotta have fun, right? I like to, I like to progress and I like to keep a chart of my shit that I'm progressing with. And I want to go heavier and I want to go stronger and I want to go more. And I know it takes time to do that at this point in my life. You know, I'm patient with myself. Whereas like with the flow thing, I mean, I can say I can do a kata with a mace. I can't do a flow, but I can, I can string together exercises that if I was like fighting with the mace, you know, using it as a self-defense tool from what I learned from martial arts with a bow staff. But to actually do flow, you know, we're, we're to the extent of like what Leo's teaching it and what, what these other guys are teaching it. Holy crow. Yeah. I mean, that, is, that is just, that is going, that's like being able to say, yeah, I know how to use the rings to like uh, do a couple of, couple of exercises. And then you put a gymnast in those rings. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can use things like a crossfitter. I could do a muscle up. I could maybe do an iron cross on a good day, right? If I really try, I can skin the cat. I can do a flip in it, right? But you put a dude that's a gymnast in there and he's going to be like, you know, like like going crazy in there. And that's the difference, I think, between like what my ability of flow is compared to like the level that Leo and the people who actually train flow are doing it. And no matter how beautiful or dance-like it looks, those guys are still doing a kata with a weapon. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, listen, you know, like how many boxers took ballet lessons? How many football players took ballet lessons to become more graceful when they're moving? Because if you're more graceful, you're more elusive. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, there are people uh there's like steel mace queens i think is is one i was just checking out she just broke out into the scene she's got short black hair glasses um she does that dart on the chain thing you ever see that dart on the chain yeah she does that but she's also doing some steel mace stuff and i mean it's legit man she's she's definitely a good mover but it looks like she's doing you know dancing with the stars you know mm-hmm. Now people will say, "Ah, oh, that's that's one way you could do flow," but like you just said, there's the kata way, the martial arts way, where it's it's not that it's like you're going through this the, the structure progression and everything. And you just mentioned Sleepy Monkey Man. He showed me one thing one day where he did a, he he created his own little kata with a mace, and he did it. Um, he did it on one side of his body you know how flow is like you know you, you hit the left then you hit the right 
you, you know, body. yeah, he did it on one side of his body and then he did it on his other side of his body. But then he showed it to me where it flowed from one side to the other side. So he had it broken down to, to that where he could do it normal flow or only on one side. And when he did that, it blew my mind because it was, it was literally martial arts. And that's what he does. He does like Tai Chi and stuff like yeah. that. And I was like, wow, this, this mace is so unbelievable what you could do with it if you really have um, certain skills and, and imagination. In imagination is, you know, um, like we were talking about, like how it's healing people, you know, and you say like, look at what Tai Chi does for people. Like so many people are recommended to take Tai Chi just for their mental stability. Right. Okay. Mental clarity, mental stability. I mean, it's been practiced for and how many countries for how long, you know, like. Yeah. Thousands of years. You know, thousands of years, you know, where, where, you know, they're doing these structured flows and everybody's participating together and it's, it's just going on and on with this, but it, it, it creates a bound. There's your cat. Oh, and, who's and that? That's, that's Rook. Pushes everything off the Rook? table. Yeah. Rook. He's a, uh, Devin Rex. He's like a little cat. The D-Rex. Look at his, look at his hair. It's like it's a, a mop. We call him the mop. He just throws him away. <laughs> he just oh, landed okay. in the laundry basket. <laughs> so, like most of the, you know, a lot of people know that that I've got a daughter with a problem that that she, you know, she has an addiction problem, and that uh, she goes, you know, for for rehab and has to go to a halfway house sometimes. When she was in one of the halfway houses, she called me up and she says, can you bring some maces up here? I, can you bring up like 15 maces? I have a bunch of people that want to try this. And I thought I was going to get up there and you figure, all right, everybody in the halfway house, they're all going to be like, you know, like half alive, not wanting to do anything. Do you know that they were waiting in a line, Fred, to try this with my daughter leading the class? Just looking for any stimulation, any, just ready to try something. Loved it. And yeah. And and, and this was years ago. But thank God Anna's been doing a lot better, you know, and everything's, you know, looking pretty good right now. We're just hoping it stays good. But, you know, uh, in the meantime, the, you know, like, while I was looking at that, and this was at the same time that the, the Mace Wars were going on, you know, between the flow people and the, the strength people. And I was thinking that, you know, I watched this and it legitimized even more, you know, like I already, you know, told you how I felt. I was like, cool with, you know, whatever, you, whatever you're doing with the maces, do it, just do it. Yeah. And, you know, whatever training you're doing with it. But when I saw Anna get these people and what little bit she knew about uh, the, um, you know, like the flow and doing the exercises and movement and she got them like you know like leo does the high step thing where he's holding the mace like this and does that big step out to the side that looks really graceful and everything right that was teaching them to do that you know because she could do that and it the, they were waiting in a line because she was in a place that had about 200 residents it was an it was like an apartment complex of all these people that were trying to get their lives back together yeah. And they 
you know, a lot of them really enjoyed that day. You know, even if it was only for that time, it was still something that made them smile for a few minutes. And when, you know, like if you could put a smile on their face, you know, their body's smiling, like you're getting those good endorphins, you're getting a good feeling throughout it. So then I realized, you know, like that there is even more to this than just your training. Because I heard a lot of people say to me, you know, like, oh, I go to the gym for my, you know, my mental health. And I was like, you know, I I heard that when I rode motorcycles. I heard that when I went boxing. I heard, you know, I do this for my mental health. I do this for my mental health. Everything we do in leisure is for our mental health. Exactly. Yeah. It could be golf, fishing. So so if you find something, and, and what I've seen is that the people, the people that are so um you, you know broken beyond what the average person can be broken you know where they have a chemical addiction they have a substance addiction and you know like that that's even worse than like you know you could be broke you could be uneducated broken and like down on your luck but there's still a possibility that you can get you know you can get a good job you know somehow like just by dumb luck right when you're an addict you there is no hope they think there is, you know, that's, that's the lie. They think they can step out of it anytime at any, at any point, but they can't. And I think when they're given something that they can create, you know, like where they're really like letting their soul do something because now they're learning how to do something and they can put it together any way they want now. Right. They can learn five little moves and you know, even if those are the only five moves they do for the next 20 years, they're still doing them and they're still making their mind connect with their body and, you know, creating possibly a whole person again. So if that works, man, you know, more power to them. And everybody that's doing that type of training, that shit's legitimate, you know? Yeah, right. Just try doing it, you know, try to try to do the same thing. Anybody. You know, anybody who tells me, oh, that's sissy stuff or something like that, all right? And 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 I hope it's someone that could swing a 40 or a 50 or a 60-pound mace or above. Yeah. Because I would say you grab a 10-pound mace and do one of Leo's workouts. Just do the moves. Don't even flow from one piece to another. Just do the poses that he's doing with that. Wait, I'll, I'm willing on even lowering the bar a little bit here. Uh, just have, just do it without the mace. Just do a, a, a broomstick. Yeah, just do it that way for at first. I bet you most people wouldn't be able to actually yeah, do it. Two minutes, right? Yes, in two minutes, right? If they especially make- if you do it like if if Leo's there and he's coaching you and telling you, all right, now. You know, in the lunge, I want you to crush the floor. I want you to tighten your abs. I want you to breathe like this and start actually using your body that way. People won't last. Yeah, it's like they'll be in a fight, right? They'll be done in two minutes, drained. You ever see people do prayer hands where you're doing like prayer hands up the mace like this, right? And get them to hold it here. And after like, so you get them to pass one side, you get them to pass the other side and they're doing this, you know, hand it's a hand drill on the mace so that you learn where your mace is on your body so i can teach john what's going on here too and he yeah. can participate in it so you hold hands like this on the mace and you slide your hands and then you come to position like this you do prayer hands for like just do 15 reps with that with a broom 
and keep a little tension on that and then go right. through and go like this and do it like that way for you know 15 reps like that you're going to be like what the hell yeah you know yeah. Like, what did I just do you know if you put the tension in yeah that's what you put that's the name of the game but this is the thing like even people who work out with regular weights they've never been well, not all of them but you know uh, a lot they've never been formally trained on how to use a barbell no. so when they're deadlifting they're just pulling up on the bar they're not breaking or bending the bar around their legs the way you're supposed to, to to engage your lats so then you know then they go and they get coached up and they're like oh you're supposed to you're supposed to bend the bar you're supposed to do the same thing when you're bench pressing you're supposed to you're supposed to be bending the bar um it, it, it's with everything right how you put tension into it and then when you do that you have to lighten the weight because you're actually using your muscles even more because you're doing that and guys don't want to do that because now instead of benching 225 they're benching 135 or maybe a little bit 155 or something right yeah. so they yeah. don't so their egos get in the way so yeah you can skate with a with a mace a 10 pound mace and be like yeah I'm doing it but if you legitimately put the tension in and try to twist it and bend it break it and tear it apart while you're moving through these other movements you will be dripping sweat Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a modality that you really, I mean, you could, you could just mess around with it. You could dabble in it and you could be pretty good at it. But if you really want to get good at it, I mean, just the different facets, the different ways you could train, I mean, it's just, it, it's pretty much endless. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? If you go, if you look at it like from, from flow training so even at its simplest form, like let's say even kata training, where it's very choppy and not as beautiful looking, but you're trying to develop that flow to be able to get to flow. And in the meantime, you're still doing the main strength training. You know, even with the strength training, I'm still, I don't know, I've been swinging clubs since 2007 and maces since 2015. I think I started with the maces. So... I pretty much had, you know, like the form down with the clubs, but it's just, it's a different form of club for me. Mm -hmm. so I am still learning, like, like I was telling you, like I'm talking about the competitions, you know, what I noticed in the competitions, what I see the athletes doing, even the most seasoned athletes, you know, like I'm watching everybody when they're up there, I watch new people. I watch, you know, seasoned people make the same mistakes that newbies are making and vice versa, you know, the other way around too. Right. Just because of the excitement, the nervousness, the the the, the, the you know the the crowd, you know like yeah. stuff that that's that's cool. You know, like you're ready to go, and you know, like you're amped, and you you, you got to wait for that go signal, and you know, like you're uh, and you know, watch people develop with that the training, how it develops, what I've been doing in the training, so that other people don't have to. You know, like people say, well, why do you train this way? I said because you don't so you don't have to not because you don't so you don't have to so i could say you know we could train sets and reps rather than time because yeah. that was before like prior to a lot of this you know prior to like 2012 everybody swung clubs and maces for uh like an inordinate number of reps you know it'd be like 300 reps just go and you're like swinging for 20 minutes yeah 
you know, and the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm like, why doesn't anybody apply sets and reps to this? Right. Right. I noticed my weight going up like incredibly, you know, like I was going from a 20 pound mace and then like, you know, in four or five months, I've got a 45 pound mace. And I'm like, wait a second, sets and reps might work, you know, work for bodybuilders. So, you know, works for sprint. And, and it's also a great way to sell the modality to certain people because there's certain people that don't want to stand there and swing a mace for 20 minutes straight. They don't want to do nothing that long. They don't want to ride a bike that long. They don't, they just, they're, they have ADD or whatever. So you sell them on, hey, you do four sets, five sets of 20. Then, then, you know, they're like, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Let's do that. Right. Yeah, but if you told them to swing the mace for five minutes, they wouldn't do it. Right. But, but do five sets, 20, you're almost at five minutes. Right. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then they realize, wait a second, if I start decreasing my rest time between there, I'll have one long set. <laughs> right. Right. What I mean? Yeah. And, and, and they get to that. So that's how, but it's just like, it's just like your bench press. So you, you know, you're bench pressing and you, you know, you began at that, you know, the 135 and then you would bench 135 until you got to 155, let's just say, because at that, at that level, you'd be jumping up, you know, yeah. like exponentially, like, you know, to, to like, like to, what is it like the 225? Yeah. About the 225, 200 pound, 225 mark. That's when you got to start adding like five pounds on every two weeks, three weeks. It takes you forever to get those gains. Right. And then when you get up over the 300 pound mark, it's like, you know, you got to go six months before you can add five pounds on. Right, right. Unless, you're, unless you know, you got a, you know, closet full of Anabar and then, it, you know, then it, that's, it goes like that. <laughs> well, I won't talk about that, but, you know, that's so, you know, like, and then trying to get from your mid threes up to the 400, that, that's years now. Right. You know, eat, eat up that 50 pounds and it's like, Geez, when I was 14, I went from 135 to 195 in like three months. You know, why can't I do that now? Yeah. Yeah, because you're at the end of the rope there. But with the mace, you could go up fast, but you, you what else what else happens too? It's a what David Glisson said this years ago. He said it's a perishable skill. So that he meant that if you aren't swinging what you can, you know, like you can swing heavy at all yeah. the time, you're, you got to work back up to it. And it takes you a couple of, and you know what? He's right. And I'm not going to say it's because of my age or anything like that, because, you know, I, I know I'm in good shape. So I'm not, I can't say it's because I'm an old man and I'm losing my strength because I don't do it. But, you know, if I don't use a 40 pound mace on the regular, when I go back to the 40 pound mace, you know, when I'm doing just regular training where I want to just work out and not beat myself up, I go back to use that 40, 45 pound mace. That's really heavy then. And I got to work at it for a couple of workouts to be able to get the reps going again and get, get my swing back on at that weight. Do you think it's, it's mostly the central nervous system that uh, kind of goes to sleep because that's what it feels like to me. I know exactly what you're talking about. It feels like this, your central nervous system isn't remembering that weight. And it's sort of like you start trying to get up there again and it's like kind of putting the brakes on like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We don't, we don't know nothing about this. And then you have to kind of coach it up again. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever like put a stupid heavy weight on? Oh, I know you have. 
Oh, okay? yeah. yeah. Something that like, like where you're going to drop it and you're going to worry about bending the mace handle. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So like, so, so when you, so like, like 40, 45 pounds is probably about that, that area. Right. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Every, for, for swing, every swing on when I go, if I haven't been doing it regularly, and that means this week, you know, it's Friday and I didn't do 40, 45 pounds this week. If I go to throw 45 pounds on now, my first swing is going to be a miss. Yeah. And that'll be an off the side. And you got, you know, one of the ones where you spin around and catch it before it hits the ground I because you don't want it to be. Yeah, I I I I'm 47 and a half. I barely caught the first one. I was like, all right, I gotta stick the second one. And it was like almost disaster. Now I was just watching a video, Sebastian. Not not you, but uh some other guys trying to swing heavy stuff. And it was like um they were all laughing, there was music playing, you know, it was it was like cool video. But um I noticed when the weight was really heavy and these guys were failing, it would go behind them and it it had no no momentum like it wasn't dumped right it just had no momentum and it just died right out and they couldn't even pull it over is that kind of how you looked with the 47 pounds oh no i got it over it's just sticking it so oh okay yeah, oh, all right the sticking it part was yeah, was a problem part. it's it just you couldn't it started to slow down too much and it just toppled out of your hands basically where, where everyone well well not really like i caught it I can okay. do it. Like, yeah. yeah. He wants to do it for <laughs> No, I can do it, but it, it's like, it's significant weight and it's just hard. Okay. All right. Sorry. I misunderstood you. I thought you, you failed on it, but okay. I don't believe you. Go get the weight. Do it in the kitchen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say something about the kitchen one time? I went to the kitchen to get a mace or a club. The first, the first podcast I ever did with you. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to have Donnie on. And you had this thing behind you said Adex. I'm like, oh, his shit is all professional. And I was I was recording in a studio, so I was professional. And we're just like hanging out. And you you started off talking about like a mug like being made in China and it was cheap and you throw it away. And I'm like, this is a great podcast. You know, this is going on in my head. And then you start talking about like your first club, and you're like, Hold on a second. I'm gonna go get it. It's in the kitchen. And you like get up and you come back and I'm like, did you stir the sauce while you were over there? <laughs> Dude, that's funny. The uh what I was gonna say before when with Sebastian, you know what, you know where everybody makes a mistake? And I and I hope somebody listening to this like takes this to, to heart. Everyone makes the mistake when they've got a heavy mace and they toss it over their shoulder. And at this moment right here is where they go, I'm out. Yes. That's the what I was. The weight of it. And you see them like, total, there's not even, a, there's not even the beginning of the swing. Right. There's nothing. You see them heave it out. You see them heave it out. And what they're doing is they're spinning around as fast as they can to catch it before it hits the ground. Yes. Right. It's like, the, it's like something weird. Like it, it's starting to go and they give up. It's, it's the same thing with a bad golf swing where you're, you're about to hit the ball and you literally, you, your backstroke is going and you give up right there. And then your swing is just dead. And the ball just, it's the same thing. You, you're mentally not prepared to, to actually handle the weight. And I guess maybe like your ego's t telling you to do it anyway. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how. I think, I think everybody thinks as soon as they do this, that their arm is going to end up like back behind them somewhere. So they just let it go. You know, it's like, 
dislocated shoulder, you know, like that. Right. Like, yeah. And, but and this is. But we the, haven't heard anybody that this no. happened to. No, I keep asking. I keep asking. John, I'm, if you've watched this podcast, I don't do it every episode, but I should. I should just do it every episode. I, I always make like a joke or a comment to the person like, so um, you've been doing Mace for five years, and I guess you destroyed your shoulders when? Like two, two minutes into it, and they laugh. And everybody's like, they all, everybody on the podcast, we're all asking the same question. Where's this hurt shoulder thing that people keep talking about? Because I know when I was bringing my Mace to the firehouse, guys were like, oh, you're going to hurt your back. You're going to hurt your shoulder. You're going to dislocate. <laughs> you know, like all these like, like really? I'm that's going to happen to me? Oh my god, because I thought something else was going to happen. And then I would start doing it. And then I'd give them a 10-pound mace like, "Here, you try." It. And they wouldn't even be able to swing a 10-pound mace. They bail they bail on the swing. Right, because it's so like alien to them and they have this shit stuck in their head that basically a throwing motion is going to cause a shoulder disruption. I I don't know where it came from. The week I think I think I was on a podcast with you, and I was talking to Rick Brown, Mister Mace Man. That um, I got to make sure I mention everybody's names in here. The name <laughs> Who's dropping. who? Yeah, I'm name dropping like a mother, right? Yeah, <laughs> I just name drop. Donnie's like a compendium of name drops. It's just drop, drop, drop. The, you got to uh, you got to mention uh, Diary of a Fitness Junkie. You got to mention her. Billy Jean. We got to mention Billy Jean. She Billy Jean. Yes. Right. I mean, she is just going bananas with her maces. Yeah. Um, you know, she's loving it. Uh, who else is out there? Stephanie St. Romain swinging big numbers, ladies. So if you want to see a strong mace swinger, Stephanie St. Romain on, on social media. Yeah, fo follow uh, our Instagram. We just share everybody. We have yeah. That's what I did too. I put it, I put up on my stories. I put up everybody else, whoever's doing something. Yeah, mm -hmm. but back to the injury thing, I asked Rick, and I think I asked you on a podcast, where are all these injuries coming from? And that's the week that I tore my elbow, my uh, my tricep tendon. <laughs> right. So now, so everybody's going to be like, see, you did it with your, with your thing, see what's wrong? And I'm doing side strikes with a 35-pound club. And all of a sudden, uh, my arm stopped working. And I was like, wait a second. And I shook, I put the weight down on the ground. I shook my arm. I pick it up and I put it behind my back like this. And it just keeps going. It, I, it, my elbow just kept going. And I hurt and it sounded like sheets ripping. And I said, I'm dying. And the first thing that went through my head after like my, you know, the pain went into my stomach. And I was like, uh, and I crawled to the couch from there. And I'm lying there and I'm going, I'm Dr. Frankenstein. I just created something that destroyed me. Like, this is insane. <laughs> Thank God the surgeon I had told me that you had, he's like, you had a bone spur underneath your tendon, and it basically, like, created a leverage to rip it off your forearm. Right. Saying it would have it happened sooner or later anyway. Doing something else or whatever, something. carrying groceries, whatever. He said you could have been going to pick up like a, a dozen eggs and, go, and gone like this and you could have ripped it off. Yeah. It was just been a matter of time. I was like, x-ray my other elbow to make sure it's okay because I don't want this. That, that was the worst pain I ever felt. But um, So not contributed to 
Mason clubs though. Thank God, no. And and the guy that was my surgeon was the team physician for the Miami Dolphins and the surgeon for them. And he so, likes clubs, you said. Yeah, he he well, he got into clubs after me. He, he okay, he says it's he but, says it's uh, legit. Yeah, he says it's legit. And uh, doctor, you know, a, a doctor, me up. doctor, doctor, a Harvard a Harvard fellow, doctor. So, so not an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Um, a mace a day. Addicts a day keeps the, the doctor away. Right. So, keeps the apple so away. he told me, you know, he said this, you know, we have to get you back in shape because he said, you're an athlete. And I go, what are you talking about? And he says, I'm not an athlete. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bomb. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I was like, I'm, you know, like, I, I think I'm a businessman. He's like, no. He goes, you have to be able to be in condition to demonstrate your product. Yeah. He says, you have to make videos. You have to go do seminars. You have to do certification. Model, businessman, athlete. This is what this is what my handler, he's trying to go for handler position. Hand model. You should be a hand model, Don. With me and George from Seinfeld, right? <laughs> I always said he had beautiful hands. <laughs> but then, yeah, yeah. So like, so the week that I was asking about that, I ended up tearing my tricep tendon while I was training, but it was not. That's what you get for asking that question. Stop right. asking those kind of questions. That's what Rick said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. But it's like, yeah, you know, like at this point, I'm like, you know, all right, is the other one going to do this? But so far, from uh, other than somebody cracking themselves in the head or dropping it on their foot, I haven't heard of an injury from mace training. Right. And you guys would know the answer to this. Um, I believe right now competition weight uh, – I know, I know Brad is – you know, he's had some heavy weight, maybe 100 pounds moving. But I know out in Europe there's those guys. Aren't they swinging like 80 pounds in competition? I think, or, with two, I think with two hands, they are. I think they're doing like 40 kilo or 35 kilo. And uh, that's that's heavy weight, you know? Yeah. So, like, I was watching Gaston. It, it, it's here. People are going to be swinging heavy maces. Like, it's already happened. It's only going to be happening more from this point out. I think the IMF, to be a pro lifter for them, you have to be able to swing a, a, a 20... I don't know if it's a 15 or a 20 kilo. We, either way, it's a heavy weight. Are you talking right. about the International Monetary Fund? No, the Mace oh, Federation. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to go. I didn't know they swung Mace. WEF or anything like that this week. World Economic Forum. You know? so, um, so Gaston, I think, is swinging either a 15 or a 20 kilo in. And that's one-handed. Yes, right. You're doing biathlon with that. Now, for everybody that does not swing a mace, if they're new to this, one hand and two hand is, it's not that much different. And I'm not taking away from Gaston because I cannot swing the weight that he's doing one handed. Right. But like, I mean, like Rick Brown made it to simple. The people were asking, how do I swing one handed? And he said, just take your top hand off. Yeah. And Rick made it the simplest way. And, and you, know, you know, I was always apprehensive to swing the mace one-handed, you know, because I was thinking this could be, you know, a problem in the arm or the shoulder. But it's, it's actually not. It's the same exact movement. 
That's yeah. okay. The other hand, the other hand just offers the stability to balance it when you bring it over. Pretty much. Yeah, that's what I oh. notice. You're, if you switch your hands too, you'll notice. Uh, and if you keep them together, if you go like right over left and then try left over right, you'll notice the bottom hand is really picking up most of that weight and momentum. And I find that a one-hand swing is great for me because I'm a little tight and my two-hand swing, like my hands could be a little bit deeper, right? My hands just, they could be a little bit deeper. I can't, there's like an inch or two I need to get and it's tough for me. So if I swing with one hand, I feel like I'm getting deeper in that swing. And I think that helps in training uh, my two hands swing. So it definitely. Yeah. It's good stretch. It's a good stretch on the lat when you're one hand swing. You know, you really just feel the whole thing working. Well, with two hands, let's just put it this way, right? So let's say you're swinging. A, let's say uh, this is something that if you're already swinging a mace, you can do this, right? This is not far fetched for anybody. So you're swinging a twenty pounder with two hands, and you go to a one hand movement. Now, to get that extra oomph in there, because you're not pulling with that other hand, you got more body English. Yeah. So now you're getting, when it, people will say, well, what is this train when, they, when, it, when you're doing a 360 mace or two-handed 360? They'll say, well, what muscles does this train? And I tell them pretty much, you should feel it everywhere. And the tops of your feet should be sore from pumping up and down, you know, shifting your weight. Until you get really good at it where you can isolate just your elbows going around and you can take your body English out of it. But with but with the one-handed, you're always going to, unless you're using like seven pounds or 10 pounds, you know, less than 15 pounds, you're going to have to use your body to, to pump it around. You don't get that free swing in the back. You know, it's a little more controlled of a swing. Um, it, I, I don't think it's, People are, uh, uh, re, uh, people are ready to like let it like freewheel like you would do with, with a two-handed. I think it takes a while. I, I'm not that good at one-handed. That's why I'm saying this. I want to get good at one-handed because, uh, you know, I look at Gaston and, you know, like that guy, that guy is built like he's carved out of a block of wood. You yeah, know? who is he, man? I, I want to get him on the podcast, but I think he only speaks Italian, right? He speaks Spanish. Oh, uh, where's he at? Is he in... Um, he was in Spain, but I think he's somewhere else. He, Portugal, I, maybe? I can't remember. And, and his wife is uh, Sandra Carbonell. Very pretty lady with long hair. She She's... Uh, very nice looking woman. She swings big too. And yeah. she's a professional woman's uh, mace trainer. And, and then there's a bunch of other people from France too, which I don't know their names. And I apologize for not knowing their names. I should know who all these people are. I mean, you know, and they've been taking the training. Uh, we got to catch up. Oh, Pierre Luigi. Pierre Luigi. Well, you got like Pierre Luigi in Italy and uh, Pierre Luigi Mauro. And he does a lot of uh, mace stuff. And uh, oh, speaking of Italy, Maurizio is going to be having that um, Mason uh, Hydrocore uh, retreat over in Italy this summer, which I'm missing. Because yeah, in August, right? No, it's in it's in May. <clears throat> oh, 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 right, right, right. And that's going to be a beautiful. And I really wanted to go to that because that's like uh, 
an hour away from where my grandfather was from. Yeah. Uh, it's going to so be interrupting Don's maze competition training. So if anybody wants a leg up on him for the competition, he's going away. Okay. Like right before the competition too. Yeah. So like, I'm going to be like, you know, like taking Lisa away for her 60th birthday with the kids and well, the kids are actually taking Lisa away and I'm going along with them. That's what you're I'm just thinking. going, you're just going to be like in the background doing whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm being, I'm being the supportive husband. Okay. It's a tough job. It is tough. We're going to get John in the mace competition. I'm gonna, Never swung a mace before. I'm going to bully Don into bringing a mace with him. So he's training on the side of the road while he's looking at attractions and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I will. But no, we're going to get John to try to come to the mace competition. I'm putting him on the spot right now on yes. the podcast. You know, he hasn't heard 300 this. people are going to see this. And they're going to be like, where's that guy from the Adex HQ? I wanted, to, I wanted to compete against him. John, you got... Uh, you got weeks to go here or months, whatever. I don't know. I don't even know what day it is, but whatever. You got time. Um, you could be swinging like what? 30 pounds for 10 minutes by the time uh, the competition comes up. One handed. Upside down. I, yeah. Cause Gaston's right, right, <laughs> like, now I'm thinking about this, you know, I got to catch While up. While chewing and- gum. Yeah. So, you know, like if, if, what we're doing here in the States is we're behind the guys in Europe. In other yeah. Words. Why is that though? Why did, is it, is America really doing that bad of a job? I don't, th- you know what I think? I think we're um, not focusing on the same things that they're focusing on. Yeah. They've got like 20 minute time. Their, their flights are, two, some of their flights are 20 minutes. What are they swinging for? Because like the addicts mace is the competition mace. Like, because it's standard. So everybody's using the same thing. What are they swinging out there? Because it looks like they had like some gattas and things like that. Like where the hell? Gaston actually last year got his own maces made and they're color coded like kettlebells. Okay. That's what I was seeing. They're um, very expensive to show. It's just like my stuff going over there, but I think it's more expensive to send their stuff over here. Um, They just don't want us to have it. Yeah, that's what I think. They don't want us to have it. Now we're going to have to get one and copy it. Um, no, but, no, we're not going to. <laughs> not going to. No. Yeah. I was going to say, what's your next product you're going to develop? Oh, geez. Come on, man. Really? Come on. Your customers are getting bored. They want they want new stuff. They want heavy. Yeah, I, I was thinking about bringing back the flow bar. Yeah. You know, double-headed mace. Okay. And it had uh, shorter and it had shorter uh, thread, sets. thread sets on the ends. So you can only put like 10 pounds on each end because if you put like 30 pounds on each end, you, you really can't do it. But what I on each end. Is, yeah. 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 It'd be like a barbell. It's ridiculous. And then, but what I found with it was if you did 360s and 10 to twos with it and you had a weight on the bottom, and weight on the top, it was a lot harder to do. Like a 10 pound on the bottom and, and then like 25 on, or top. 25 on top and you have a weight at the bottom. Yeah. So you're pulling it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was hard to do. That's and interesting. That, but when you train with that and then you go to, let's say, like a 30 pound mace or a 25 pound mace and you were just training with that weight, 
you're you got to relearn to swing your mace again. Yeah, it won't feel it won't have the same ride. You just got you just and going back to the neurological thing, it's developing that pattern of strength within there. Right. So you were doing yeah, we're you were kind of getting, you know, like trying to figure out where where the muscle and neurological is taken over. So like we we know about developing new neural pathways. I've been doing a lot of exercises lately that require a lot of bracing, you know, like a um overhead, overhead uh uh double kettlebell overhead uh squat. You're up like this, you got your body arched, you're squatting down. Well, I'm doing that with a club right now. I'm trying to do it with a club. I'm only using 10-pound clubs. I'm doing three reps. It's frying me. But I'm not fried to the point where I'm tired after my workout. I'm fried where three hours after my workout, I'm still feeling this vibration, like in the center of my body that's going like this. And that's, like, that's gas. You just got to let yeah, it loose. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta let it loose, man. Somebody just ate, right? But uh, it's that no, Taco I, Bell, man. Yeah, like I'm actually hitting on like the neurological area, you know, like where people are talking about, you know, train your nervous system. Yeah, and and it's uh, it's so we're messing with, you know, like kind of like messing with the workouts with that, like overstressed, like very low reps, trying to get the movement as perfect as possible. So like all these little things I'm messing around with, you know, other people, yeah. they're, they're trying too. That's you know, really cool. But it's, you know, just different ways of training because, you know, this, this is a tool that can also be used by, you know, like a lot of people as they're aging to help them slow down cognitive decline. Yes. Right. Because you're building new neural pathways. Yeah. Learning something new, putting your body to like a new kind of test, new pattern. Yeah, or just, you know, a break or um, a change up, you know, like you'd be training a certain way or maybe you were training for a deadlifting competition and you're kind of burnt out on the whole heavy thing and maybe your back's a little, you know, feels a little sore. And it's just like, you know what, for the next couple months, I'm just going to do some mace work and, and take it easy. You know, just you could do that. You could change things whenever you want. You're free to do that. You don't have to be locked into the same regimented system unless you're like a professional and it's absolutely necessary for you to stay but most people aren't right most people are just like they want to lift heavy sometimes they want to go for a swim sometimes yeah i, I mean you know, it's like if you're not if you're not in a com competitive league for anything you know like why beat yourself up right you know like at that point you know like train to stay healthy and fit instead of you know like strong and broke you know, like I, I used to be like, I was always some part of my body was not working all the time when I was training heavy with weights. Yeah. You, you reminded me of when I used to do mountain bike racing, there were guys would pull up with these mountain bikes that were outrageous, outrageous, like $3,000 rides. Right. And their cars were held together with duct tape. They nice. barely make it down the road. They're borrowing 10 bucks off of their mom so they can put gas in the car, but they got this outrageous bike and then they come in like 24th place, you know? And it's like, you know, you're doing it. You gotta, you gotta kind of balance things a little bit. You might want to put more money in your car for now. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's true. You know, like it's, it was some, but some people are gear junkies, which, you know, we, yeah. Are. Yeah. But, to you know, each like, zone. 
You know, I was just thinking that we're touching touch on so many subjects here. We're just a mace in the club training. Right. And it's all brand new for John. Yeah. And now we just threw, we basically threw him in a dumpster of everything Mason clubs. And yeah. then a full encyclopedia of all of the work shit you need to learn on him. Yeah. And now this guy is sitting here and he's like, 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 what the hell did I get involved with? You know, this is well, this he just is spent crazy. the past two hours at work doing a Zoom call with a friggin' guy up in North uh North Jersey friggin' talking about some bullshit half the time, right, John? <laughs> I mean, I mean what the hell's going on here? With bullshit. Yeah. You know, there's injected bullshit, 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 important topic, bullshit, 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 important topic. Right. It's yes, it's the it's the art of conversation, the in and out of you know the serious and the not so serious. But yeah. yeah. He, He's got no idea what he's in for with the training. I mean, like, you know, like, you know, like he's like, sure, I'll do the competition. <laughs> I still never said that. <laughs> You're on, you are on, you are on national TV right now. <laughs> Prime time. This, right. <laughs> this comes on right after the view. There you go. Oh my god. It's the it's same time. audience. In fact, the same audience that watches the view watches this show. We'd be on after the rising instead of the view, the one that Sagar and Crystal ran away from. You know? Yeah, I guess so. But the view gets way, way more views. Uh, the views. Yeah, oh my God. The views. Do they say anything that's credible on there? They're well, like the. Credible to certain groups of people. It's opinions only. It, what was that movie, Jason and the Argonauts? Remember that movie? No, but I know the story. There was these. I don't. Maybe that's not the movie. There was a movie that was. It was like a mythological movie where they, you know, the, they're fighting for the golden fleece or whatever. And there was these witches that sat around a cauldron and they, they had like an eye. They were all blind, but they had an eye and they fought over it so they could see. That's the view. They're like these witches sitting around a cauldron. I think I've seen that movie. I don't know. I probably nobody knows what I'm talking about right now. I, I don't even know if I know what I'm talking about. Doesn't that I didn't that I see them like in their ship and they would stir the water and create a storm out on the ship? Yes, I think it was Jason and Argonauts. Yeah, and then and then he took the eye. He like he went to go he talk to them. The eye, and they were all like. And he said, over. "I'll give the eye back if you if you tell me okay. secrets." And they told okay. him whatever he needed to know. And then he threw the eye like in the in the in the soup the that they were making. Yeah, in the cauldron. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the view. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. In my it's opinion. like once a month, one of them is saying something stupid where they got to be pulled off the air. Right. And that's why I realized if they could do it, I could do it. Because I don't have – I'm not on a primetime show. In this no, podcast, I can say whatever I want. No, you can't do it. Oh, that's right. You Why'd you have to burst my bubble? Because you you can't do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're well, going to get John training for the for the competition. I got a right. feeling it's going to come. Yeah. So this is cool. So it's uh it's March. So you got April, May, and then June. So you got two. You got like two months. So yeah, March, March and April is all tune up, and then uh, end of April, May is all training. So that you six weeks out from the competition, you should you should do that. I did eight weeks out uh, for 
This is for Lionels, for Lionels. And here's something that I thought would never happen with maces and clubs because the weight's not that great. And the and I'm not saying that the effort's not that great, but the weight, the weight's not that great. So I kind of put it on the back burner and thought that it would never happen. I peaked too early. Yeah. So I trained for a 40-pound flight. So I was going to use a 40-pound mace. And I and, and that was my secret weapon against Brad and and Scott Wong, who are like, you know, like pardon the pun, but they're big names and mace guys. You yeah. Know? So like I was going to do that against them. Big Mike was trying to keep up with me with doing that. And I think he ended up with a sore elbow. So he kind of backed off on the training. He, um, I hit the 40 pound and I got, I think, 164 reps with a 40 pounder and a five minute flight at the box. And one of Frank DeMeo's guys was there to see it. Uh, uh, Abuelo, John Powers, the guy who wears the Irish wristbands and uh, socks. And uh, he saw that and we got him swinging a 30, uh, which was, which was really good. But I couldn't swing the 40 again after that. So, like, I shot the load that night. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounded good. But, I, yeah, like, I, 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 I on, on, on national television. <laughs> one more time, Don, what did you do that? I shot the load. So this means you were swinging with one hand while you were swinging with one hand. I was swinging with one hand. That's so true. so I'm, I do this with the 40-pounder. And I couldn't, I couldn't even swing it the next workout. Yeah. Man, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a bailout or anything like that. I just did not have the neurological, I fried my, my nervous system. That's where I think it was, where I could not, I just couldn't get it. I wasn't bailing on it. That wasn't the I week when you were, when you were uh, sniffing all that glue though, was it? Because that fries your nervous system too. No, it was the, it was the two and all, the paint thinner. Right. Sorry, man. Told you so. It was in the paper tube. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, the silver paint. Right. You were huffing. Right. Live, die, live again. It's Florida, man. I mean, that uh, stuff is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's good. Okay. We. I assume you have. You tried it, John. Have you tried huffing? I haven't huffed it. Ah, but it's good. It, it tastes good. I don't huff it. I just drink it. Uh, oh, all right. That's fine. <laughs> Healthier than soda. All right. Oh, so, is. <laughs> look. So, yeah, this is a good thing. I, what I recommend is you get John on his training regimen. Then, you know, you're, you're shooting content. So, you should, like, make videos of this. Uh, maybe come back onto the podcast, like, a couple weeks out. Talk about how your training's been going. Call somebody um, out. Get somebody say again. Out. Call, somebody Call somebody out. out. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Call somebody out. Keep them for on their toes. Oh, for everybody on YouTube that makes comments like that doesn't look that heavy and stuff like that on my videos. Come to come to the mace competition. Show me what you got. Yeah. That you're yeah. Because I'll put numbers up. Yeah. It's not like I don't. What are you gonna do? You gotta hide in your basement in your underwear and make these comments. Come show up. Let's see when what you can do. Hot pockets. <laughs> Come to your house and slap your mom. 
<laughs> it's steal your hot pocket. Steal your hot pocket. Put it in my pocket, like Napoleon. Take a bite talks. out of every hot pocket and don't just even put steal it, them. Just take a bite out. Take of a bite out of everyone and put it back in a bag. <laughs> now, do you see people making a lot of comments, Don? Is this yeah. something that's going on? Not a lot, Not a lot we but some. we get some. We get some people that like they talk crap on there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like I just so want to like go off on it. You know, yeah, like, I don't get it, man. Like, what? How? How can you talk crap about something like that when, especially over the internet, when you can't even, you know, prove that you're that tough? So, or that you can do, you know, like it, it's, you know, it, it, the cyberbullying was really getting to Don, so I had to like insulate him from that. Like, <laughs> some of the comments. You wouldn't let me go on social media for like two months, like yeah, like it was like about four months ago. I I, I need somebody to do that for me. I, I, I got to put, I don't know. I got to throw my phone out the window. I can't, I can't do it anymore. But I, you know, look at the end of the day, this, uh, I do this podcast because I, I love just doing what we're doing right now. Um, but we just talked about all this really awesome stuff. The training. I love getting into that. All the, the nuanced details. People don't understand. Well, wait, let me backtrack. People that are coming in from the outside, the commenters and stuff, they just see, you know, you're twirling this thing around. They don't understand really all the detail that's going into these training methods, what you really have to do, how the weight works and how it feels, and especially in competition. So uh, this is a good way to instruct people, to inform them. So um, I know, Don, you've been on the podcast quite a few times now talking about training and and we did one not that long ago i guess a year ago where you explained how to train up for a swing competition um i don't know if i'm going to be able to put that in the notes for people to click on and watch because um that would require me to do work like try to find it and i you know (laughs) I don't think um, that reliable. Um, send you one of the YouTube videos that have uh, Don doing competition mace training. I was going to say that. So you have a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Yes, we do. All right. So well, yeah, we're, we're gonna like have 250 another, videos on there. We're going to have another mace competition training video when Don starts training himself, and then uh, more tips and tricks will be coming as well. I'll probably do it before the six weeks out, so people can yeah. put together their six week training program. You know, that's yeah. what I recommend: six weeks, seven weeks, no more than that. I I peaked early before that, and yeah, and and make sure you don't drop a load before you. I mean, shoot uh, your load. I mean, yeah. What? yeah. Yeah, you I mean, you don't want to you don't, don't want to drop just, the load either. But you don't want to ruin that. And like we're yeah. gonna, you know, if John wants to do it, we're gonna we're gonna see. Never swung a mace before. Yeah, ground um, zero. Doesn't he, ground zero, total ground zero, and we want to see if we can create the ultimate athlete in three months. Dude, I the platform and put up numbers. I he looks like he could do it, no problem. You, you, how old are you, John? Nineteen. Nineteen. Holy smokes. Still a hormone factory. You got more hair on your chin than I could grow, and I'm 50. You know that? You you're you got testosterone, man. You do you have yeah, a lot of testosterone? Did you get your blood work done? I haven't had blood work done. Oh, you, that's the first thing you guys gotta do. Get up, get some blood work done, check his testosterone levels out. I bet you they're through the roof. And you got yourself a, a friggin' champ right here. Sebastian, yep. how old are you? 26. My goodness. 
these 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 young bucks, Don. What are you gonna do with them, huh? I don't know. They gotta be able to swing more than me. Right. You're setting the he's standard catching, high, he's I hope. He's catching up really fast and he's actually he actually swings with better form than I do. Yeah. Not only that, uh, a year and three months ago, Sebastian was under the knife and he had seven centimeters. Seven, seven inches of seven inches of his colon his intestines removed, his colon removed. Yeah. Yeah, what was it for Crohn's? Yeah, yeah. so it got necrotic. I had like a double bowel obstruction. I know somebody that that happened to them. They wound up in the hospital like really bad and everything. Oh, it, was, it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was there like for Christmas time. A week. Happy holidays. Happy holidays with the Dilaudid pump. The light turns green and you. Hey, he called me up and say, I'm having such a good time. I'm hitting my pump now. Bye. <laughs> Uh, the the good times you can have. His oh, yeah. training has come through the roof. He's actually putting like size on. You know, he's gained twenty pounds. Right. That's yeah. freaking great, man. Do uh, yeah. I remember I was talking to you about this, fashion. Uh, you're not doing anything else but mace, or you're doing. Uh, I, I ride my bike. I do uh like body weight stuff. Yeah. Okay. You do like push ups, things like oh, that. Yeah. I did like a crazy push up thing last year. It was like hundred dollars. Yeah. 100 push-ups a day. That was so awesome. you know how to do a proper push-up, right? Like my, my push-ups are great. Yeah, you corkscrew yeah. your your hands like you're you're turning the, a jar and off of a lid, a lid off of a jar. Yeah. So, what I like to do is swing heavy and and between sets do those you know do a proper push-up and really focus on on keeping the elbows in like that and then going back and forth. Oh I, yeah. You know, that's there's because then you then when you do the push up and you go back to the heavy swing, the lats are really fired up because you're oh, doing yeah. right you're back and core, too, especially if you're like starting in a high plank like properly and just real slow and then back. Yeah. 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 Or you could just hold the plank, right? Do like yep. a iso, like an isometric push up, okay. hold the plank, then get up and do do your uh, your swing. So this I was, is. I was doing knuckles too. Knuckles are really fun for me. For some, I feel like it strengthens your wrist too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all stuff that people could do. I mean, you don't need a lot. Uh, so, Don, before we go, uh, what's the minimal setup that you're selling out the door? Somebody wants to get into mace. There, you know, they go on your website, and what's what's the minimal setup? that they could jump on and uh, how do people get in touch with you if they have any questions? Adex, everything's at adexclub.com, A-D. Well, it depends upon if you're from Florida, we say adex. If you're from Ohio, they say adex. So, what do people from New Jersey say? Adex. <laughs> All right. you, you, I mean, you really think about it, Florida's just an offshoot of the Northeast. So. Yeah, I say adex. I say adex too, but you know, people. Does are, anybody say a dex? Nobody said. I it. tried it. The 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 uh, AI says a dex. <laughs> oh, what Chat GPT? Chat GPT, and it says a dex. But um, but if you you have to spell it with two d's for it to say adx. <laughs> okay. But adx. Yeah, we need to it, train it, the AI with some phonics. So, so anyway, we got. We got the YouTube channel, AdX Club YouTube channel. There's AdXClub.com is our website. AdX Club Instagram has the links for pretty much everything in the bio. 
and I our our club our original club twenty five pound setup is two hundred and ninety dollars. That's the that, club. That yeah, that's got that's got a that's got ten weight settings on it, and you know you can't buy ten clubs for two hundred ninety dollars. You know? Right. Yeah. Ten so, but the lightest weight is the handle all by itself, which is three yeah, and a half. Right. All by itself is three and a half pounds. And then with the thread set, it's five pounds. So I just did a video this past week on uh, was it on reels on the Annex Club where I put that I did I did the empty today? handle. Today? So I was doing Indian no the Indian Club stuff from I, the beach. I think that might have been on your oh yeah that was on the beach. No, that's on so YouTube. I, would. I showed three exercises you can do that are Indian Club style style with the complete empty handle from an original original club. You know high elbow mills. Yeah, which are really nice instead of the you know tucked to the side, they're up high like this. You get a different stretch, which is actually good for me with the reattached tendon. Yeah, so and you know I have the shoulder injury, so getting back, uh, back into form, I went right to the three and a half hand, three and a half pound handle, and I did the movement slow first, right? No violent movements or anything like that, and just kept incrementally adding weight on. Um, you know, now I'm milling 10, 15 pounds, which is still way less than what I used to do before I got hurt. But being able to incrementally adjust on the way up using the same handle, um, I, I mean, I got nothing to prove it. I have no research department, but just based on what I'm doing, what I know, it's definitely helped my shoulder. We got a YouTube video for, for building your mill also. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. So, yeah, Inside mills and outside mills. Oh, yeah, we're doing all that stuff. Um, all right. Yeah. Now, the, the mace, if somebody wants to buy a mace, what's the minimal setup out the door that people could get? I think 300. 295, and then the fat mace is 300. The original is 295, I believe. And that'll bring you from and those are 30, like seven 30 and a half pounds. pounds all the way to 30 pounds. Okay. Yeah, and I guess, you know, people are going to look. They're going to see the, the small handle. The fat handle, then you got the Wildman handle. Wildman handle, yeah. Probably a lot of people have questions about that, right? They're like, well, I don't know which handle. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the, in my the, opinion, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. You're going to be happy with whatever you get. Um, but what, what do you do? What do you do with people when they have to ask that question? Uh, so for the most part, when I get asked that, I pretty much funnel everybody to, to ordering a fat handle, most likely everybody will be happy with the fat handle. Yeah. You're an exceptionally large human being with large hands, or you've been working with this for a while, or you come from kettlebells, you might prefer the Wildman handle even more. Which is about the same size as like uh, the kettlebell the generic handle. maces, you know, the or yeah, just like a generic mace. Yeah, like they're same about the same thickness. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the original handle, that's the competition mace and, uh, people with smaller hands or women usually tend to prefer that for like the club and stuff. Um, but yeah, it really depends on your background. Personal preference is a big one as well. Like I've had people order the Wildman and go, mm, I think it's just too big for me. And then even the same for the fat. Like they ordered the fat and they're like, I, I think it's too big for me. 
Also, like another one. Oh, my fingernails are cutting my hand. Cut your fingernails first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cut your fingernails first. Like it. Is I assume that's a girl with that complaint. Um, no, actually, oh, actually, guy. It's pretty common. For for okay. nine years, for nine years, I've been trying to make a video about hand care. Yeah. Like your nails and your calluses. Mm -hmm. and I've never gotten around to making it. Yeah. And, and I then, did. I did a video because uh, I ripped my callus doing a uh, kettlebell work. Nice, but um, you mentioned Scott Wong, and and when I saw him competing at the Vintage oh Strength, my God, he, he was a beast. Yeah, but he his hands just tore apart Did on him. You his see how much work his wife was doing on him. Yeah, yeah. I, I swear, if she was not a medical professional, she is now. Yeah, yeah it was she, like she was using trauma scissors to cut the skin off his hands. Right. So I mean, that's crazy. But I asked him in the podcast, I said, well, how, how do we fix this problem? And I mean, really, it comes down to it. You have to develop a, a, a strong hand, a, you know, proper, a proper grip, really. Your hand needs to get really tough, too. You need to build calluses on top of your calluses. So, and even if you switch your grip up, you might still just rip your hand open. And right. every callus isn't for the, the same thing. Like, I, I went golfing for the first time in, like, Five years, a couple weeks ago, hand ripped open and bleeding. And yes, don't have right. Yeah, yeah. He you can. He goes to my house on a Monday morning, and he's like, "Where's the goat tape and the liquid skin?" And I'm like, "What the hell did you do on the walk over here from the <laughs> from your house?" And this is from golf, right? You know, and I'm and I'm figuring like he got hit by a car or something on the way over. He's like, "Oh no, I went golfing yesterday." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "What? What'd you like, do? You butt like, too hard?" Uh, yeah, no, I was. Poor John, like crazy. Poor John's gonna have like messed up hands until the competition. Yeah, well, that's that's a huge thing, though. I mean, that's something to to talk about. You know, um, that could be a a game changer because if you're halfway into your your uh, your swing session and you start to feel your hands and you know, oh, that's not good. I feel like my hands are getting ripped up. That's gonna screw screw you up in your head and everything. Oh, yeah. That's I, I've started swinging. I'll pull a finger off every once in a while too. Yes, Your fingers off. Yep. You just and, you, next thing you know, I'm pinkies up, swinging the mace. Yeah, and that's where a lot of people don't realize that the thin handle for the competition is much better than the thicker handle. They're thinking, "Oh, I got more to hold on to." If you really think about it, that thin handle when you're swinging hard and fast. You're basically just holding it here in the web. You don't have to squeeze right. to hang on to the handle. You've you've got the handle. It's got the pommel on the bottom, and and you can get you can go for the reps. Yeah, and your hands aren't getting fatigued from like the death grip of hanging on to it as hard as you can. So you're talking about the web right in here where the thumb is. Yeah. Okay. So that's the proper spot. Right, that's the that's where you're your best when that's you're. That's what I'm thinking because, like, like where the what's this one? Your lifeline that comes up to whatever that line is that fold. You've got a little rough spot there from swinging a mace. Yeah. So if you swing a sledgehammer, if you swing a regular hammer, if you swing a mace, right, you're gonna have that like right in that little line there. Yes, and that's where you you'll when you start training for it if you're not doing a lot of swings right now when you start training you're gonna that's where you're gonna get all hot right there you're gonna yep. get it and you're gonna probably you know go through a little period where uh it's not going well because that has to 
that has to develop a thicker skin right there. It's yeah, and yeah. then you have to maintain it. Then you have to swing all the time after. So you got to swing through the blisters. You know, I don't, I don't suggest to people, uh, you know, like if you've got a blister that's full, what's that called? Like the actual uh, full, full of water. Yeah. So there's the medical term. It's full of water, right? <laughs> so like if you got a blister that's full, bust it before your training, even though it's going to burn and everything else and just train through it and let the skin get torn off and start developing that because it won't develop that hard skin if that blister is still there. Right. You know, it, it stays supple. I hate popping things too. So like, I hate to hear that every time. You just train it. It'll bust by itself. Yeah. Yeah. You get a gooey hand. There's going to be a ton of clips from this podcast that you, there's going to yeah, be you a can, gooey you can extract, dig a strap. Yeah. You can make two podcasts out of this one. Oh, uh, you know what? I got to say, you probably could do it. You could, you could edit what he just said, gooey hand, and then drop a load, what he said earlier or whatever, and edit it together. And you could make this guy look like he's the, he, like he's insane, right? Like, that's not a hard thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to try to make me like that. You know, like, come on, just give me 15 minutes. You see what happens. I start talking a wrong and everything but yeah but out of context it on it'll be like a compilation yeah they, <laughs> well he does all the outtakes he's got a bunch of outtakes when i'm doing videos because i like to do everything in one take uh, and i get pissed if i can't do it in one <laughs> shot because i should know this stuff right right so sometimes i get up there and i'm like that 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 you know because i didn't take my alpha brain in the morning or whatever right or i don't have enough coffee in me and i'm like tongue twisting and stuff like that and I and you know like it's just the MRFers come out and the you know the god damn it and I you know like I'm I'm like that and he catches me on camera and now I'm just like shutting up now and I'm just standing there going and he's going in the background okay one two three let it rip and I'm like you know like going like that because all I want to do is get the video done you know yeah yeah it's 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 you know something it's almost like public speaking so you know if you're not if you're not super comfortable with it you're gonna kind of fall apart sometimes it happens you know it is public speaking and like the camera is the most intimidating audience because you don't know how many people are gonna end up watching yeah it's well yeah right and you're selling a product so you don't want people to you know you want to be good you want to be concise you don't want to be questioned you know you want to make sure your information and most importantly for don he doesn't want to film the video 30 times oh i hate that yeah i hate that so like we do it one time and it's like okay if it's like better than 60 percent. i'm like use it and he's like shut up do it again and oh, wow. i guess so, i lose my crack sometimes i'll get so, like two of them and then the next morning i'll be like let's film it again one more time just to see and that's the one that just ends the day like the next day when i bring the same thing up again the next day don's just the day's over from the match he's getting and fired I'm like, he no yeah. like i'm firing him like multiple times in my head i'm just like fired fired you're fired you're fired you know, you know, I it, it's, it's like, go okay. ahead. What's that? Okay, no, I was so gonna we say had some a video that. Go ahead. We had a video last week where we did 27 takes in yeah. my backyard. Okay, Fred, I do most of my videos in one shot. He calls me one take Don. Yep. He says one take Don's got to show up today. As soon as he tells me that, I know it's four. 
okay, because I'll screw up. Yeah. I start getting too wordy because everything's off the cuff. I don't have a script. No teleprompter. So, there's no teleprompter, no script, no nothing, right? So, like, when I'm doing this stuff, like like now, I'm doing it all off the top of my head. Yeah, you don't know what you're saying. He's got, honest to God, it was 27, it was 27 takes, and we're in the backyard. And I'm getting bent. Like, like you could see, like, like you know, like I come on the video, I'm like, hey, everybody, it's Donnie from Addicts Clubs. Like, fuck you, buy my shit, right? You know, I'm like that, right? No, <laughs> no, you know? <laughs> yeah, Clip it, that's the commercial. <laughs> come on down, right? You know, like, I'm all happy and everything. I'm like, hey, it's Donnie from Addicts Club, right? By the time, by the time we get to the, like, like really, like we're in the 20, 21, 20, and I'm, and I'm like, just like stewing it. And I'm not even saying anything, you know, like when you get mad and you can't even say anything anymore, I'm to that point and he's laughing and now it's getting me more mad because I think he's doing it on purpose. And I'm going, that last one was good. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. You know, like, so here we are going like, we don't need it. So now all of a sudden I'm coming out. Yeah, we don't, we're not trying to get an Oscar here. We're not trying to get an Academy Award, you know, like that nobody watches anyway. He comes out, you got to do it one more time. Because this, <laughs> this is a problem here at the end. So now I'm like, hey, everybody, this is Donnie from Adex Clubs. Now it's like, hey, everybody, this is Donnie from Adex Clubs, you know, and I'm like that, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm just so irritated with myself. The anger's and in the inflection. It's in the inflection. He's like, perfect this is a good one you know <laughs> <laughs> but there's a process there so you know you're the you're like the actor uh on the set who's like you know kind of like hard to control you're you're getting mad and stuff and he's just you know directing you gotta reel him in yeah it's, it's like yeah and like he's trying to constrain me with these uh imaginary imaginary societal constraints that are placed upon me you know like whatever that means the best is when i try to communicate with don from behind the camera and i'm like and he's like i don't know what the fuck this means <laughs> and it's just the whole video is just yeah, yeah. i clip it out and i go right back on no i go right back on saying that and i'm like just clip it out of there you nobody cares if the video jumps these days right you know you could be jumping all over the place yeah right? you know and and it's like and I'm like, just clip that out of there. You know, no, I don't want to go back in there and clip it. You got to do it all over again. Well, like, I think it's really cool. Like, you know, you guys come on the podcast like this. Uh, it, it's a different kind of world nowadays because people do podcasts and we're regular people. You know, we're not we're not actors. And I think it's cool that you guys are accessible like that. And, and people could like learn about you and um, the product that makes them happy and then they know that you know you guys are just like regular dudes everybody having a good laugh you know no you know it doesn't matter if every if anything's perfect or not um at the end of the day nobody's perfect and it's just a lot of fun so no, i think no. it's great that you guys could, could even do what you're doing i guess you know uh we'll wrap it up because it's been two and a half hours yeah you want to um, get rid of us now yeah and I'm well, hating guys, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, everybody likes watching the podcast um, when you come on. So you got to give them their fill. But, yeah, after two and a half hours, I guess we could. We well, you guys got to get back to work anyway. To do what? We got to make two shows out of this. Oh, all right. We can yeah. actually edit this for you. We've got enough time now in the three of us because – I mean, like right now, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. It's St. Patrick's Day. We're kind of like in limbo because we didn't get 
from our if, I'm not picking up till tomorrow now. If I had somebody to do editing, I would I would have a much better what's that? Most experience. I was gonna say right uh, here, we got Johnny, he can volunteer for you. He doesn't care as long as it's halfway decent, he doesn't have to do it. Try your best. Making clips and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of work. But um, yeah, so you know, like I said earlier, if you guys are gonna train up for the, the competition, um, John, come back on uh, you know, in a few weeks or a month or whatever, uh, talk about your training a little bit. You know, it could be a shorter episode too, but let's let's you know stick with this and let the you know and anybody watching make sure you are following uh, so that you get notified when these episodes come out. And if you're thinking about training, um, competing, or just tr training at home by yourself, whatever, this could be a good resource for you. So oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and keep an eye on us. And also too for everybody that's listening. Seriously. I mean, if they were listening is, before, they're listening now, Don. <laughs> Definitely listening now, two and a half hours in. But you know, seriously, anybody that's involved with Mason clubs, whether you're making them, whether you're selling them, whether you're coaching them, whether you just train with them, you guys should be watching this podcast, beyond this podcast, talk to Fred about your training. You know, you guys should get with him, you know, because there's so many people in this community that haven't been on your podcast you know, for one reason or another. And, you know, it's just that, you know, there's so many, you know, there's there's all these mace manufacturers that need to be coming on and talking about their products. Like I'm doing about mine, you know, and, and you know, everybody should be on here. This is, a, this is a platform for everybody to be on and to talk about the type of training and the type of, uh, the type of the, the things that they're doing with their mace and how people are feeling with their products and using their products. And, and how their coaching is helping people, or even if you're just a Mace athlete and, you know, they should be talking with you too. You know, the people on the ground that are actually using everybody's gear and using everybody's coaching, you know, they, they should be all talking with you too. Their, their voices are just as important as the people who are, This is a way to know, perpetuate a modality. It is, it is. And this yes. is rising so fast. I mean, this is growing faster than kettlebells did. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why this is so fun because I mean, where where do you uh, on you're looking out on the horizon, and what do you see as far as the future? A, a lot more people. I think we've only scratched the surface. I think we're yeah. only so like if you look at it as twenty percent of America trains trains regularly trains right regular exercises regularly uh, according to the CDC our our friends over there, right? So. 20% of America trains, probably like 4% or 3% are using maces and clubs. Yeah. That small of a market. But this is a modality Maybe that even less. probably everyone should be doing, incorporating with their training. As what I, what I see now, what I, what I know about fitness now, and I'm talking fitness, I'm not talking bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, marathon running. I'm talking fitness, just what the general person needs to have a healthy, active, you know, fun-filled life, fulfilling life. Stay mobile, stay healthy. This type of exercise is way more important than let's just say, you know, like beating yourself up like heavy weightlifting. Nobody likes to lift weights light. 
you know, nobody really does. And it's just a fact, you know, like, you know, and, and the people that do train light, they never leave those, the weight that they use, they use the same weight for years. They don't go up a couple of pounds, you know, so they never really progress, but they're, you know, thank God they're doing it. This actually forces you to progress. So if you go up two and a half pounds, five pounds on, on a swing, you have to relearn the swing every time. Whereas let's say your bench press, especially if you're in a machine or an overhead press, you're pressing in a linear motion, that weight goes up and down the same way every time, whether it's five pounds or 500. But on a, on a mace swing or a club swing, five pounds swings different than 25 pounds, swings different than 50 pounds. And it, you have to learn how to do it. And it's, it's, it's a learning curve and that's part of our fitness. And it's very important. So I see, you know, as more people learn about this, I see our modality growing. I think it'll, it'll be just as big, if not bigger than kettlebells. Yeah. And then, you know, you got kettlebells, which is a compliment to it. You know, I'm, I'm doing kettlebells now because I, Got into me. We just ordered one today. We just ordered a pro kettlebell to have one here at HQ. A what? Pro kettlebell. We just ordered from him today. From who? Pro kettlebell. Who? Pro kettlebell. Oh, pro pro kettlebell. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Nicholas out in. Uh, Nicholas. in uh, and you ordered a kettlebell from him yeah. to train with? Yeah. yeah for here right. at HQ. We don't, have, have. we don't have a kettlebell here. See, if I lived down there, I would stop by like Every these day. other people do. I'd stop by and I'd be like, come on, let's work out, guys, and work out in your facility. Look what we got right here. We got the original energy drink machine right here. You know, so, I mean, we've got two coffee makers here. We got an espresso machine and a pot. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, like, people come in, we can hook them up with coffee like, right off the bat. Yeah. And then just start working out. That's what I would do. So, Maybe you guys uh the UPS guy grabs grabs a coffee before work. Oh really? He trains with a mace, yeah. Oh no way. He's one of our maces. That's awesome. And he drives by every day. And it, not every day he comes in, but he'll stop in like every couple of weeks. Oh, I'll come by for an espresso before work. Yeah. Come on you in. Guys, you guys got a, a great thing going on. It's awesome. It's uh I'm glad that uh you know you have you have the business there and you, 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 your crew and, you know, having people coming by like that and everything. It's just really nice. It's a, it's a nice kind of story that you want to hear, you know? So yeah, um, thanks for coming on the podcast as usual, but uh, come back again. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Um, everybody listening addictsclub.com is the website. Check it out order up a mace if you have any questions uh you can email don you can even uh reach out to me i i have pretty much almost everything that you sell i think i got you know i got the fat handle i got the regular handle um i can answer some questions if you want but uh yeah addicts club made in america support an american made company um thanks guys appreciate you coming on thanks, Brad. Brad. No Thank hey you. have a good one take care take care everybody thanks for listening Gang sign. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs>